By the time you hear this podcast, you'll know about the downfall of street jazz. Party people in the place to be. This is what you paid your money to see. On the wheels of steel, J-L-O-B-E. And the prince of charm, Africa, is mine. That means the beat from the east and the best from the west. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And there's Ben on the screen right there. <laughs> and welcome to episode 157, I think. I'm just guessing. I don't know either. 157, I'm something, 158. We've done a lot of these, but there, there we, yeah, that's where we are right now. So thank you to everyone who's downloaded so far, uh, who's listened, who's watched the Twitch stream, who has uh, any of those things. Yeah, thank you. And we're going to bring us both on the screen now. (laughs) So uh, thank you, everyone, for that. Um, We did have two guests. (laughs) Uh, It was going, you know, if you know what the topic is now based on what you heard to begin uh, to begin this episode, uh, neither one of them could make it for various work reasons. Um, but I told them I, I kind of if we ever get to like Beat Street or Crush Groove, <laughs> we want to have them on because um, I, I <laughs> there's a string of those movies. Yeah. In the 80s. You know, there's one just called Rapping. <laughs> With an apostrophe, no G. Didn't even try. <laughs> <laughs> Rapping. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> So, um, is that the sequel to Singing? Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, the sequel is called Rhyming. <laughs> oh, God. There's a sequel? To... I, no. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but shout out to Rick and Josh. Uh, we will want to have you both back on uh, soon. Uh, so, um, no worries about not being able to uh, be on this particular episode. So, um, 
we're going to start it with some music news. So, um, I saw this, and Ben said you you said you were reading about it earlier that the Fuji's, uh, the Fuji's reunion tour is coming. No, I was just reading up on the Fuji's in, in general. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, because well, I've been listening a, to the Carnival, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. There is a Fuji's reunion tour coming. Um, let me pull it up here to see when it's supposed to happen. But so, some people are are uh, they? Yes, they announced a reunion tour to South anniversary of the score, uh, which is. I tell people that's the first CD I bought with my own money, even hey. though it was five years after the album actually came out. <laughs> Better late than never. Uh, this will be their first time, um, their first tour since 2006. I remember, I think they came out with a song then, like when during before that tour. Which in 2000, I don't remember. Um, but they, I know they didn't, um, they came, they, I think they put out one song and people thought, oh, they're going to come out with a new album and that never happened. Uh, so this will be a seven-show tour starting November 2nd at the United Center in Chicago. And we'll wrap November 28th at Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. And then in December, they will play shows in Paris, London, Nigeria, and Ghana. And tickets will go on sale um, if you're watching this live. this is It's Wednesday. It will go live on Friday, so September 24th. They will go, the sales for the tickets will go live. Um, they're also playing a show as of tonight. Uh, they're playing tonight in New York City at an undisclosed location. <laughs> uh, How Lauren Hill of them? Like, will she show? Has it started yet? Yeah, that is the question. Yeah. Uh, so um, maybe in the future, I would like to do an episode about the score because it is one of my... Like I say, it's the first CD I ever bought, but it's all—it's one of my favorite hip hop albums ever because I feel like it's—it's it's a complete album. They it's did. It's been they a while do, since I've gone to listen to it. They—they they were able to do a lot of things. I—I I really like the production on it. Um, you know, and Lauren Hill with the mix of singing and rapping, which was at the time yeah. like Missy was coming out right after her doing the same thing, but it was still—it was still a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, and a lot of people probably just know that, you know, they know them for uh, the cover of Killing Me Softly, which isn't even a, a rap song. Yeah. Whatever. Um, they will be playing November 18th at State Farm. I'm probably not going to go. I I'm probably won't go either. To, yeah. I mean, that's it's tempting, but I don't think I have the same connection to the Fugees as, as a lot of people. I like them. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, oh, yeah, they did have a song called Take It Easy. That was in 2005. Okay. And then they officially broke up. Um, but they they're, they're getting back together at least for this tour. I don't know if they'll do an album at this point. They they don't really have to, because the show their shows will consist of okay, Lauren Hill will play her songs, Prize will do his one song, uh, Y Club. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um. Wyclef and Lauren will probably argue or, or what, what song they should close the show with. He probably wants to do Gone Till November. She wants to do X Factor and process What About Me? And then they just go back to arguing between them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I Man, Gone Till November would be a great song. And I guess maybe I'm more of a Wyclef fan than a Fuji's fan because I would love to hear them close with um, 
going to November, although it's just him, or or nine one one. Lauren Hill does Mary J's part, and she'll probably she probably doesn't even want to do that. I don't care. I would go if I knew that they were doing that. I'd consider buying tickets because I really <laughs> like Mike Love. <Leffert. laughs> and nine one one is just—he's one of those singers where even though he sounds ridiculous singing, I don't mind listening to him because no, I just feel like, like he doesn't take a, himself serious. You know, he's—he's he's not a great singer at all. Yeah, even worse than Pharrell. Like, and Pharrell's not a great singer by any means, but like he's just—he's so bad. And when he screams out, "Someone please call nine one one," it's so comical. But I would listen to it. The thing with with Wyclef is he's he's it's I always feel like he's doing a bad Bob Marley impression. <laughs> okay, like I can he's hear trying that. he's trying to be Haitian Bob Marley. I can hear that, yeah. <laughs> and I I don't know. Maybe people can tell me if he's actually accomplished that. Is he Haitian Bob Marley? <laughs> you or... have to ask somebody from from Haiti. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if America considers him Haitian Bob Marley. <laughs> they don't even know he's Haitian. They don't. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they don't have his. They don't have Wyclef Jean posters on their dorm room wall. <laughs> That's how you would know that he had become. Um, and it would be happening. This is about the time it'd probably be happening, because it's been about maybe fifteen to twenty years since he put out something of like of note. I know he put out that song with um, Akon. So maybe maybe we have to wait another ten years or something. But like, yeah, this is about the time he would be on on their dorm room <laughs> if we were going to consider him the Haitian um, Bob Marley. So that's um, I think that's uh, I, I I I hope the tour actually happens. Like mm-hmm. that that you know the show they're supposed to play tonight that they're actually there. Yeah, me too. That would suck if Lauren Hill somehow didn't show up. Now, um, as Brandon said, she's out of town. So this came up. um, I saw this uh, article today. And, you know, a lot of people, um, I didn't want to get too much into it. um, But talking about with with the verses, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing is, like, it's still the same conversations just insert artist here versus this artist here. Yeah. And there's someone who be like, oh, they would watch that other yeah. one. Yeah. And happened. then that, the other side was like, yeah. no, he would watch him. And I was like, and then at the end, they're like, you know who won? The culture won. I mean, it seems like the only like verses where somebody won is people talking about um, the locks versus Dipset and say the locks clearly won because <laughs> Jadakiss just annihilated everyone. <laughs> <laughs> by himself. <laughs> by himself. Um, you, the, you so know they said they saying, won that one. Diddy came out and said that no one, that JD wouldn't be on his level. So I don't I don't think I've seen anyone just come out and straight up say in a versus, you're not on my level. Well, yeah, like Diddy puts himself at, and I, I understand why I, it's, it's perfectly understandable why Diddy is pushing that he should go against Dr. Dre. He thinks he is on his level. Well, not because, not because, not because they're on the, they're on the same, that he thinks he's on Dr. Dre's level. It's to get one more, squeeze one more drop of blood out of the bad boy versus death row rivalry. Just to get just a little bit more. So do we need to play the South got something to say? Like, is that what? 
I, I I saw a lot of people make a very good case for how Jermaine Dupri can compete with um can compete with him. Can compete with, um, with Diddy? Yeah, yeah, he can. Yeah, and like he's like it's it's not like a it's not as far off as he tries to make it. No, sound. it's it would be, and it's not like like one way or the other, like a landslide one way or the other. It's yeah. not. It would be really close. The the guess, I guess what what would seem a little unfair is that Diddy could just whatever name, whatever album or song he slapped his name on. Yeah. Uh he could he could play while Jermaine Dupree is an actual composer and songwriter <laughs> and producer. <laughs> <laughs> Who's, who's produced like, and written across multiple genres? Maybe he he could like show up with a console and just be like, "All right, let's do it. It's a test." <laughs> <laughs> like when you put ex- that you know Excel in your resume, and they pull out a laptop. I was like, "Make me a spreadsheet." You just pull out a console, be like, "Make me a beat." He just <laughs> he starts sweating like that <laughs> meme. Oh, it's JD. He's just looking at him. He's like, that's a fader. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me stop. Let me stop for uh, Diddy come after me. But yeah, uh, but I I think it would be close because you know each um, both of them had their had their artists with their major songs. But I think a lot of people don't know who JD actually produced for and who actually wrote for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Usher. And Criss Cross and the Brat and Jagged Edge, but there's also Mariah Carey. Yeah, he saved her career. Yeah, there's uh, well, more than saved her career. I mean, he he wrote arguably her biggest, her first biggest hit in um, "Always Be My Baby." Yeah, people don't realize that. Yeah, like, he wrote he wrote that. Yeah, and we belong together. Yeah, those are like like ten years apart. Yeah, but he he you know he uh, produced wrote co wrote and produced both of those songs. Yeah. Um, yeah, Diddy will have, you know, Biggie and Faith Evans and Lil' Kim. Um, but some, I would say, like, he can't just throw, keep throwing Biggie out there. He can't play a Biggie song after Biggie song. Because once you run out of those, then you're going to have to dig real deep and try to convince us that whatever you did for Loon and G-Dep Ooh, and Loon. Black Rob. Ay, ay, ay. And 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 not Sammy, but I think it was another, uh, like twelve year old. I think his name was Jerome. You think he'll try to drag up um, Craig Mack? He'll he'll play Craig Mack. See, I did the intro. And then every if there's a, if there's a live audience, you should boo him when yep. he plays Craig Mack because he did Craig Mack wrong. Or type it in the chat at least at the very <laughs> least. at the very least on the Instagram feed. Yes. <laughs> Who this man? <laughs> yeah. I think I think it would be interesting. Um and there should be a maybe it could have been like a tournament. You know how they do in boxing like okay, this is the number 1 contender, the number 2 contender. Whoever wins, y'all fight the champ. If mm-hmm. the champ is Dr. Dre, hypothetically, yeah. or in this this type of scenario. I'm trying to think of who is the greatest hip hop producer of all time, you know. It's hard to say, and and like you can't use what they did outside of hip hop, like for your argument, mm-hmm. like anything Timberland did that wasn't that wasn't hip hop, like okay, so the Justin Timberlake 
no, that that is that does not count. Yeah, because then you're putting him in conversation for you know greatest just individual talent. Yeah, or most successful because, you know, I'm I'm learning about so many other people, but like you know in terms of just like success overall. And then that would also yeah. apply to the Neptunes. Yeah, because you, you, then you're getting outside of you know, but because I I get the feeling Jack Antonoff will have will have a case for that <laughs> by the end of his career. I wouldn't be surprised. But I feel like, so with what you want to talk about, I think talking about Dr. Dre kind of is a perfect segue into what you were going to talk about. Uh, yeah, so we're talking about with the versus battles, and pe- people are always, you know, saying who they want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they've run out of rappers because people are saying, I want to see this comedian versus this comedian. Oh, Lord Jesus. How do you do comedians? a comedian versus? Once you figure that out, then have that conversation. Otherwise, are we just playing clips of their jokes from their comedy specials? Otherwise, it, like, how are we doing in a, com- a comedian versus? And someone suggested. I can think of. Someone suggested Kevin Hart versus Cat Williams, and Cat Williams said, "Oh, that's too easy for me." Oh, damn. I'm like, how? How does a how does a com- a comedy mm-hmm. versus work? Mm-hmm. Maybe they or just go roast joke each other. for joke. Do I just ro- yeah? Do they yeah, just they roast, each, roast other? each other? That'd be that'd be funny actually. <laughs> you come with your you come with your best roasts. Somebody figure that out and then have the conversation about a comedian person. Because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. I really sense. think we just did. I'm just trying to think Did we of, just figure it out? I'm just trying to think of like who, you know, like who are some good roast comedians, you know? Um, Maybe the great ones are dead, like Don Rickles. Yeah. You know, and, and rest in peace, of course, Norm MacDonald, who recently passed. Yeah. Who who um, a lot of people have and he would be funny roast. to a certain a certain kind of person yeah. so then it would be hard to like if yeah. they're supposed to be a winner it's because it's be like you, it's not looked at as like a, a culture um like the the culture one yeah the, i don't think that works as far as comedy goes there has to be some kind of winner yeah but what i would what i do want to see though like it's been a lot of, it's been all hip-hop and r&b yeah i want to see like the the punk, a punk pop versus this and so Funny enough, that's what I talked about when these first started, because I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know that they were mainly hip hop and R&B artists together, which is why I was like, Scott Stepp versus Fred Durst. Like, <laughs> it's just like Battle of the Sad Florida Rockers. Like, I think it would be funny to see it. I mean, I don't know if because if, Timbaland started this, right? Yeah, Timbaland and Swiss Beats. I don't know if, if they want to go outside of, you know, because then like. Because, like, you know, in hip-hop and, and R&B and stuff, the producers are celebrities, you know? Yeah. Like, the closest thing I can think of that we have to a celebrity producer is, like, Butch Vig. And that's because he played drums in a band. But, like, not many people can probably name his discography. Like, if no. you told him, oh, yeah, the dude who played drums for Garbage, yeah, he played, he produced Nevermind. You'd be like, what? You you know, you probably just wouldn't know that unless you're an insider. So, I don't think you can build, bring on Neil Avron. <laughs> Versus, you know, like Tom Lord Augie, you can't you can't do that no. versus, or if it if it was like the bands, yeah, I think the bands would yeah. like Fallout Boy versus Blink One Eighty Two. You'd have you'd have a fight on your hands. You'd have all like the <laughs> like the 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 kid the mall the mall kids from like the early two thousands versus the emo kids. Um, Simple Plan versus a newfound glory. <laughs> Oh man, that that actually would be kind of funny. Or some some forty one versus the Strokes. 
why not? Let's do it. And then if y'all want to get into like the bigger rock bands, I mean, you only need one. Foo Fighters versus Nickelback. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> because so apparently people ha- are softening on Nickelback now to where they're just like, don't pretend like y'all don't like Nickelback didn't have some jams. <laughs> like and playing like their songs. It's just like, are we have we reversed now to where it's just like we finally admitted that they were a decent band. <laughs> like, so before y'all were just hating on Nickelback, is that is that what it is? I don't know. I don't know. But I brought that up. Well, bring up these versus battles with the conversation. These guys, uh, Ebro from, I don't know which radio station, Hot 97? I think so. Or, I, I, I don't know. Uh, he said that um, after someone tweeted, um, is this uh, Lowe from The Legend of Winning? I, I think that's who that is, who, who sent out a tweet before. He said, I personally don't want to see M do a versus. However, that's just me. Um, and then Ebro responded, nope, I don't think his music fits the scenario. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, I want to see if he elaborated at all. Yeah, what does that mean? doesn't fit the scenario. Um, so uh, Paige Kennedy, the comedian, says it would literally be the biggest, the biggest viewed one period and nothing would beat it. Um, and after he said, yeah, he's only the greatest rapper and most successful selling artist in human existence. I'm pretty sure no one wants to see that skill of hip hop display. No one would get excited about that energy, breath control and stage presence. In a versus. He probably doesn't even get views. And after he said it would literally be the biggest viewed one period and nothing would beat it, Ebro just said, that doesn't make it dope, though. Well, I mean, yes, yeah, success does not equal greatness, but normally it does, but it doesn't always. I mean. And then he named, and then some people named some songs that he would play mm-hmm. on verses that Eminem could hypothetically do. And Ebro said only seven of them would work. Only seven of his songs from his entire career. Yeah. That's BS. That's that's unless I mean, and I know I'm not the expert on verses, but like, come on, man. Like the guy has how many studio albums does he have? Five or six? Does he have seven? Eminem? Yeah. I think he has like eight. Does he have At eight? Least, probably eight. I'm going to see how many. If we're Are we counting inf- infinite? Even though he disowns it and it's out of print. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Eminem versus Drake? I don't know. Like Eminem's too angry for Drake, though. Like, yeah, because people want to have a good time, and yeah. Eminem's are uh, his his stuff is okay. I get okay. I do get that. Cleaning out my closet is not a fun song. <laughs> okay, counting infinite. Uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He's got eleven. I didn't realize he had eleven. And then if you want to count the D twelve stuff, that's thirteen. And if you want to count the bad meets evil, that's, Ooh, that's 14. He could play my band. That's a fun song. <laughs> um, yeah. I, okay. I, I see what he means now. Some of his stuff does kind of go into shock core hor- almost horror core. The, um, the song where he kills Kim, I can't think of the name of it. <sighs> yeah. Cause he doesn't, he, I mean, he's only got what three. My name is, is, for when yeah. they made him do it, everything else is, I am, whatever you, that's not fun. 
<laughs> yeah, they said the um this is these are the songs Ebro listed. Lose yourself. Okay, that works. Bitch please too. <laughs> Patiently waiting. Renegade. Uh Eight Mile. The song from Eight Mile. Uh Kill You. If well That's it. Are we talking about guest spots too? Cause his verse on Forgot About Dre was really good. He could use that. He could play that. Or the one um Guilty Conscience. Guilty Conscience was a classic. That's that's all I can think of though. <laughs> but you got you gotta have twenty. Okay. Because also it says here that Charlemagne also said that he would get washed by rappers like Young Thug and Future. That's just because this new generation Eminem gets understand. washed in any verses. That's because this new generation for so, okay, so I, I I wasn't gonna say this, but this is the other thing I'm noticing nowadays. People, I don't know if if you want to call it uh, recency bias or Gen Zers, like the one the video that I sent you where they said that the Eurythmics are one hit wonders. I don't oh, know if it's, man, I don't know if it's that. Like maybe they they just don't know how good he really was, and like how he like everyone's like, well, oh, he no, bodied this is, Machine this is, Gun Kelly and made him switch genres. This is how it is with as far as. And I know this may be general generalization against Gen Zers, but it's like if it's not happening now, they don't it care. doesn't matter. Yeah. Which is like I don't. So I, there's no like there is no motivation or no uh, there's no incentive to appreciate any kind of history. Mm-mm. Yeah, they're, they're disrespect. They are like fully disrespecting Eminem. On social media. And it's not everybody, but it's a sizable enough amount for me to kind of be a little concerned. <laughs> and for those that are our age or older, like an Ebro or Charlemagne, they they kind of feed into that. Yeah. Like, y'all, y'all just saying this so your young audience will... Participate, parti- watch you. Will still stuff. watch you. Yeah. And you know it's a lie. Nobody, like... It, for the younger people who are listening, if anyone is listening that is young, there's a reason why nobody ever battled with Eminem. I think he's might have had like what three beefs? MGK, Everlast. Did ICP beef with him at one point? And he and he yeah, he made fun of them on on yeah on a sketch a sketch. Like no one really goes after Eminem because not only is he crazy, he's like in, he's always been insanely talented. He's like the Steve Vai of rap. Like he's just. <laughs> Well, not Steve Vai. He's like the Eddie Van Halen of rap because he could. He's extremely technical while also being commercially viable. Because yes. Steve Vai was not, commercial, no. not commercially Vai. viable. He was not. <laughs> Eddie Van Halen was. He was commercial. He was. Yeah, that I think that's a fair. That's a fair assessment right there. He could like because they're the they're the they're the pop hits. Yeah, and then the deep cuts. You really see what he can do. Yeah, like essentially. What he made, I mean, it, I know it didn't chart, but, like, he made Rap God. Yeah. Like, that song. And that became a meme. No real, there no, there's no real hook other than at the beginning of that song. And for the entire song, he raps, and he's consistently changing up styles. And it's effortless. He it, he never he never goes into a style and you feel like, oh, he's not going to be comfortable here. He sounds comfortable on every single style. He can rap your style better than you can. If he wanted to rap like the Migos, he would have. But he didn't want to because he didn't like it. But he could have. 
every style you hear, he could have done it if he wanted to. He proved that, but he just, he's, why? I'm Eminem. I'll just do whatever I want. <laughs> and one, and he's becoming a meme for, I guess, kind of weird reasons. Rappity rap. <laughs> um, there are people who are discovering, I mean, I heard it a long time ago, but if you play the song My Name Is, you play it backwards. Mm -hmm. He's saying, I'm Eminem. I'm Eminem. Oh, for real? And people are just now discovering that on huh. TikTok. I was today years old. But that's only if you play it back. Like, who's playing songs backwards like that and putting in subliminal messages? The same people who believe that the dark side of the moon syncs up with Wizard of Oz. <laughs> So people who are high. I'm not going to lie, though. After I heard a podcast that was talking about it recently, there are videos on YouTube that sync it up for you. It's eerie at first. But then after that, it kind of seems like some coincidences. But apparently the band and the producer are just like, no, it's not true. It's not true. But like if you like some of those videos are kind of funny, especially if you consider, though, that the movie is like way longer than the album. Then it's just like, OK, maybe. But yeah, but. Yeah, that's fun. I just, I, it just makes me think of that VH1 classic commercial where like, they show the kid like playing the album backwards to hear the satanic messages. It's those people, because you gotta buy, you got. I mean, I imagine you gotta get it vinyl, yeah. unless you just take the song and throw it in a um, a digital audio workstation and reverse it. I mean, you can do that, but yeah, just sitting there getting high. <laughs> There was some, uh, I can't remember what song it was exactly, but it was, uh, it was either Doja Cat song or the new uh, Chloe Bailey song where um, some girl like slowed it down and like, see, this song's about worshiping Satan and then like slowed it down and tried to say that when it was slowed down, someone, it was subliminally saying, uh, I worship Satan, I worship the devil or something like that. No, I'm sure, I'm sure it did. These conspiracy theories are bubbling up to the surface, and not a lot of people are talking about how weird it is. Gen Zers, man. This is what happens. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> no one's challenging. <laughs> I forget who it was. I think it was Bomani that said this about Kyrie Irving. It's like, you know, he went to Duke for one semester and thinks he's a genius, <laughs> but he didn't stay there and get his ideas challenged. And Gabe was like, yeah, this is what happens when you're not in an environment where they can challenge your ideas. Yeah. And I'm not saying that college is for everybody. However, fewer and fewer people are going to college nowadays. And when you go to school, and Greg, you can back me up here, you can't just say anything you want and expect to just get away with it. Yeah. Other and in people, that setting, you can't just say stuff. Yeah. Other people will challenge your ideas and make you think. And if you if you say something, which is what happened with that guy who used to work for me at the place I used to work at, when he was talking about, oh, you, that, why do you think you can't go to Antarctica? And I pulled up my computer and found a ticket to Antarctica. You can go to Antarctica, people. <laughs> people live in Antarctica. It's only a few of them. You but can there are go. people there. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, what happened? <laughs> See, you're talking about Antarctica. We didn't say anything bad. Uh-oh. <laughs> the men with black suits are going to rush in here and erase our memories. <laughs> But like, you know, there's no hollow earth like these like it, it takes like 10 seconds to disprove them. And they're, you know, but when you're in an environment where you can just say whatever you want and you've got people who are acting like I'm 14 and this is deep. 
You can say you can say whatever you want. You can say things like Eminem wasn't that good of a rapper, really. The only reason he was big is because wiped him. I mean, you could kind of say the same thing about Kanye West. He had a lot of white fans. <laughs> well, like uh, you've I see heard, more white people that rock with him still. <laughs> you've heard that uh, that um, that bit from uh, from Donald Glover. We're talking about he was at a at a Kanye concert and um how he was there were like more and more more and more white people oh yeah coming to the Kanye concert especially when he switched it up and start with graduation and started infusing more electronic elements yeah or the, yeah he said he was talking about like they were doing the song all of the lights he was doing the song oh. all of the lights and there was one part where they say where they say nigga yeah and and he said Kanye held the mic out, and everyone was like, "Nigga!" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's good. That's funny. I've not seen this. I've not seen this bit. Um, so, <laughs> I, people are always trying to find a uh, find a reason for why what they like is the greatest thing. Like, yeah. you can't like. One thing about that you can appreciate about hipsters is that if they like some really obscure thing, mm-hmm. they think it's great because they like what it is. Yeah, yeah. And they'll say, and they'll say, "Well, hey, you should check this out because I, th- I think it's good. You might think it's with good. the best of intentions." <laughs> yeah, there's always right, exactly. There are always good intentions uh, from a hipster recommending music to yeah. you. Um, and there's like an effort, and I think you and I both do this. There's an effort to find those, to go outside of the 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 music machine mm-hmm. of finding music that we like. <laughs> it may be more obscure now than ever. It may be obscure, but we make the effort to to find that stuff, and we listen to a lot of different things, and find things that that we like. <laughs> The things with Gen Zers is whatever it is that they like has to be the greatest thing. <laughs> and whatever compares to it or whatever may have been uh, more popular or a different level of fame doesn't matter. Like I said, yeah. history does not matter. Yeah. Like they're saying that you know people our age were born in the late 1900s, Bruh. and y'all need to get punched in the face. Bruh. I'm, I'm, I'm that, tired of the disrespect. The li- I was like, stop it, stop it right now, or the we're gonna disrespect. Fight. Like y'all acting like y'all will never get old. Are you gonna start killing yourselves at age 27? I'm waiting for that trend to start. <laughs> I, I hope they got not TikTok suicides at age 27. Well, I mean, TikTok I know, has already convinced them to steal things from their school, so. That is the dumbest thing. Because so, y'all stealing dumb stuff. I've seen a video a, about in a, that. In a, in a soap dispenser, apparently. I've seen people steal soap dispensers. They're stealing sinks. Yeah. They're stealing uh, toilet paper, paper towels, the clock that's at the, you know, mm-hmm. near the ceiling. So you think someone's really good, might be willing to die for clout? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like. There, there's, this, there's this guy I follow on um on Instagram and he he has the these characters. He's a millennial, so like the millennials like the always doing like uh always trying to trying to do the things that the Gen Zers do, but the Gen the Gen Z 
character just looks at him with disgust. Oh, yeah, I know that guy, yeah. But uh, the Gen Z guy comes in and is like, hey, you guys want to do the milk crate challenge? And the millennial and the Gen X are like, no, we're not doing all that. <laughs> and where do y'all get these milk crates from? <laughs> and it's like, is there a prize for it? And Gen Z is like, no. It's like, what? what's the incentive what's to the do challenge? it? What's the challenge? Why? What is... I know millennials and Gen X are looking there. There has to be an incentive to do some stupid things. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, to them it's clout. <laughs> but I this clout, get... clout don't pay the rent. It don't pay the bills. Trying to get that clout, son. You can't buy a house with clout as clout. I'm going to get some followers, man. I'm going to get some followers. And then I'm going to find a way to make this thing monetize, man. Or they had, he had a. Like a, everyone else. <laughs> a sketch about when I guess TikTok was, TikTok crashed or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it looks like TikTok crashed. And then the Gen Z is like, oh, no, what, what am I going to do? And then the millennials like, uh, does this mean I have to talk to people now? <laughs> you know? it's like, and then uh, Gen Z is like, oh, my, my likes are gone. I don't have any likes. And it's like a, a, a panic. And it's like, and then every uh, another thing is everything is looked at as, as clout chasing. If there's any commentary on uh, any any critical commentary on anything mm-hmm. that Gen Gen Zers like, yeah, it's seen as clout chasing. It's seen as hating, yeah. and context is is totally lost. So, look at us. We sound like some boomers. That's why I, some Gen Xers. And, and then <laughs> they, 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 they skip right to boomers. Skip yeah. millennial. Skip Gen X. Yeah. Skip and and yeah, go right to boomer. Boomers before Gen X. Yeah. At least they're not calling us the silent generation. That's before Boomer. Yeah. Before Baby Boomers. Don't even know who they are. <laughs> Couldn't tell. They don't talk. They don't talk. They don't talk. Um, so bringing that up is also the the debate of. This is not a debate. But it's, it's a it's quote unquote debate. One, it's quote unquote one. debate. It should not be one because, again, there is context and y'all are disrespecting <laughs> the history. Y'all are disrespecting the magnitude of what Michael Jackson was for the better part of 30 years. I'll be the get off my lawn man for this one. <laughs> for the better part of 30 years. Drake's been around for 10. 10 Jeez. good ones. Yeah, I guess it has only been 10. 10, 10 good ones. Because he basically releases an album every year almost. 30 years of Michael Jackson. Going back to age 11, okay, with the Jackson 5. And the magnitude is popularity as a solo artist. And people are trying to say now that Drake is better than peak Michael Jackson. Not just what better, we, they're saying bigger. Bigger than peak Michael Jackson. What would we say is peak Michael Jackson? Oof. I mean, you could say Thriller, but he Does didn't Does it start tour. with Thriller? He didn't tour for Thriller. So Thriller is when he builds up that momentum, but bad when you actually see him get in front of people, you see him out in public. Bad is on a Bad see, took his his popularity yeah. to a totally different like level. Like you see him out there because and I guess we talked about this, how he didn't tour for Thriller. He didn't tour for Thriller. He, 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 did, he had to do the victory tour. Yeah, he was doing the victory tour. So when he goes to tour for for um for Bad and for and later for Dangerous, but first for Bad, the videos that you see people crying. I ain't never seen nobody cry he, for Drake. He walked by <laughs> People are passing out. 
So he just walks. <laughs> if he walked down the street or he's walking to the stage and you see him, people are passing out. Does that happen for Drake? Someone, someone said um, they saw uh, someone talking about they saw Drake chilling in a club. Like Michael Jackson couldn't chill at a club. He cannot chill in the club. He had, <laughs> when he starting at age eleven and twelve. If he were able to get into the club, he could yeah. not chill in there. The, I would say the only time he could was Studio 54 because it was something different. And even then, he oh, wasn't yeah, really chilling. Oh, yeah, because only the famous people got in there. Yeah, and he wasn't really even chilling there because we all know, and if you don't know what was going on in Studio 54, go look it up. It was, it was, it was, I don't know if we'll ever have anything like that again that we know about. But the fact yeah. that they were doing all that stuff and we still kind of knew about it is kind of an amazing, really. Shows you what power, money, and privilege can do. And the and the, what we do know, <laughs> you know there had to be more. more than, it yeah. was more than that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Michael Jackson, like, when you see those videos of him, you know, doing the bad tour, and that's the first time he's playing, you know, those this, a lot of the songs from Thriller Live and, and all that stuff, like, you, as a matter of fact, how big was he at the Super Bowl, the most watched sporting event in the world? He comes on stage and he stands there for a minute and they and they didn't cut. They just let him do it. Because what are you going to tell Michael Jackson? No. <laughs> are you doing the Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh yeah cuz like like uh I don't know if you saw the video yeah, of, the, yeah. of the, yeah the director talking about it. He's like uh the cue is when he takes off the sunglasses he just and he didn't do it. There. He's like it's like should we start to wait? No, he hadn't, hadn't done it yet. And they, just, they just, and they waited. Yeah, they waited. You wait on Michael Jackson. You build that anticipation. Drake can't do that. How big is Michael Jackson? You know how they make people pay for the Super Bowl? They pay him for the Super Bowl. That's how big Michael Jackson. is. I don't know if they paid him, but I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. they actually did pay him. Like Michael Jackson was, and so some of the videos I saw that discussed this was, and I think this is the one I sent you where they were like the reason people think that Drake is bigger is because they weren't there to um to witness it. It's hard it, yeah, it you, it's, you can't you're understand. You're looking at videos now. But like you don't yeah. even it's I understand if it's if you if you take the you had to be there angle, mm-hmm. but it's the videos can show you something. Yeah. Like there, like some yeah. context to me can be given there. Yeah, it's not the same, but I. But the, I guess the part that bothers me more is the complete dismissal of it. Yeah. So one thing someone also mentioned was the way the music industry was then and now, and also the way in which we consume media. So right, you know, back then, you know, I think you think about how like the video for Black or White, and for Remember the Time premiered on a broadcast network TV station. Cable was fully a thing by then. Yeah. So uh, it's not like it was like a MTV premiere. It it premiered on Fox. Yeah, they were on Fox one after In Living Color. One of the big, <laughs> you know, the big four stations. I can't think of anything that Drake, like Drake does, hasn't even gotten a, like, a YouTube world premiere. Like I'm trying to think of like, you know, granted I know music videos aren't as big as they used to be, but, you know, they're still big because you still have videos getting billions of views. So I can't imagine them shutting, you know, something down to be like, hey, the new video from Drake is premiering on YouTube and everyone's watching it. Everyone watched the, the premiere of a Michael Jackson video. Every it was it was a big deal. Um, so this is part of the debate here because um, Michael Jackson has the 
record for most top 10 hits from the same album. Uh, and that was, uh, that was from Thriller. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Beatles had the record for the only act to have the entire top five for a week. Which is someone else that Charlemagne brought up when he said that, you know, we want to compare Drake to MJ. You can't compare him to MJ. You can't compare him to the Beatles. He's like, what about, he's like, can't compare him to Elvis. He, like, like all these people that were, granted, I get it. How he can maybe it of his time. time of his time of his time that's what you can say, but it's like trying to cross generations, yeah. cross decades. You know that's why there are a lot of people who, who this the the Jordan Lebron debate yeah. is it I it's not enjoyable yeah anymore um, yeah it's hard to like I'm saying the to... greatest of his era yeah but as far as greatest of all time. You get that when the people who played before you are saying that about you. Yeah. Is anyone saying that about Drake who came before Drake? No. Are they going to? No. Do they really? Is it people who who feel that way in secret? I'm not going to say that no one does. (laughs) But I don't think there's a lot of them out there. So with uh, Drake, with... um, What's the name of this album? Certified Lover Boy. Uh, he occupied the top five last week. He mm-hmm. had all. He had one through five. But as you said, and I think it was the Needle Drop who said this with from the video you sent me. Mm-hmm. It's easier to consume music. Like it's easier with the streaming. Yeah, you can go stream something multiple times, and multiple streams, whatever the formula is, equals up to sales. Yeah. And that will bring a song up to the charts. I mean, Drake's had five songs in the top ten before from the last album. Yeah, and I don't know how much I can even really give credence to it anymore. Yeah, and it, it, things are a lot easier now. But when it was, you put out an album and you promote <laughs> it with music videos. And, and radio airplay. And, and radio airplay. <laughs> the social media aspect wasn't even a thing. Yeah. And then go back to the Beatles, to where they it was putting out the album yeah. <laughs> and then trying to get on the Ed Sullivan yeah, show or something some like TV that. You, you'll you play it you'll yeah. play it on TV. And then they and then they occupy the top five. Yeah. That is more difficult that and that should be impressive. considered yeah. more impressive. Yeah. This is it's when you this have the album, it's all really. yeah. <laughs> For all we know, this could be manipulated. Y'all could be doing the using the the method that Justin Bieber was giving his fans, yeah, to play it on repeat while you sleep. Yeah, just turn that volume down. <laughs> and some and y'all don't even like a lot of Gen Zers don't can't even like deal with don't don't listen to albums like that. No, they don't. Like so, you want to listen to, like you listen to the whole thing straight through. You don't skip it. You don't skip any songs. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it is a coordinated attack. Thinking about like when, I think it was Nicki Minaj was going up against Cardi B, and I think BTS was in there too, and like their fan armies, their respective fan armies were coordinating. Hey, we're gonna get this song up here, so everybody stream it as much as you can. You know, twenty, thirty times. Like it's. That didn't exist 20 to 30 years ago. It was just like, you know, you couldn't even have a coordinated attack on the Internet to say, hey, call the radio station and get this played. You couldn't even do that. You just had Maybe to you like could, this. But not with not with 
thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. You can probably get 10 people. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> get, get 10 people from an AOL chat room. To oh, all God. Call I'm talking about before. I mean, before that, like you think about when Bad came out, you weren't, no one was connected like no, that. No, no, definitely. When Thriller not. came out, nobody's connected like that, you know? To be able to do something like to for it to happen, like it happened organically, and maybe we some like some old fogies, but like it was just it was a little bit more impressive. And I think it really is because of how we consume music. It was just it 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 was just a little bit harder. Like it was a little bit harder to promote something, especially when you couldn't be in someone's face all the time. So uh, with this article, is this I'm reading this article from Hypebeast because Billboard put out an article. Um, uh, five reasons why Drake was able to make Hot 100 history with having one through five. Uh, one person responded with, you can try to push this narrative all day long. Nope. And then he has four pictures from Michael Jackson's bad tour <laughs> <laughs> of how fans are reacting. Um, you know, I don't know if Drake has ever played Wembley Stadium. I don't know where he's played. Uh, Does he even tour? Well, he, he toured with the Migos. That's the last tour I know about. I don't know if okay. he, you know, because of the pandemic, I don't know if he toured for the last album or whatever. But um, there, but there are four, the guy posted four pictures from Michael Jackson's bad tour and just see the, the, you can hear the fans in these pictures. You can hear them yeah. about how loud and how it's the, the pandemonium that's with the, with mm-hmm. that. So, uh, someone else responded, Michael Jackson, reminder of his record, best-selling album of all time. <laughs> Five best-selling albums of all time in the top 20 or what? I don't know. I don't know what the ranking is, but he, he does have five. I, they're sure, I'm sure they're all diamond. Yeah, <laughs> at the very least. Number one on the charts since he was 11 years old. So he did that for a very long time, almost 40 years. Yeah. Um, is Drake doing better than that? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, it, oh, and then someone responds, "He isn't as big as Michael. He's bigger than Michael, and that's a fact." You you're not saying anything right now with that. I mean, Based I know Certified Lover Boy is doing well, but I I wonder. So what he's been? What his first release was? What 2010? 20 was it? Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Do we think he even has ten good years in him? Ten more good years in him? Not. We're not saying twenty. Yeah, we're saying ten. Just because, ten more. I mean, because one thing I'll give Drake credit for, we talked about he, how he slips to be from wherever he needs to be from, or just to kind of keep current. But like, how? Like, what? He's got to be what thirty at least now, if not older. Drake is like thirty. Five. Drake doesn't he doesn't strike me as the type of rapper that can do this into his 40s or even he's, into his 50s he's almost 35 he does like so in 10 years he'll be 45 are we are we screaming for the new Drake album when he's 45 because they didn't even scream for the new Jay-Z album when he was at 45 he's well and Jay-Z is at a point where he's just making music because it's imagine, fun to do. Yeah, imagine he's just doing it for the fun he, of it. Because he has the Michael Jordan mentality. It's for the love of the game. He won't, he won't <laughs> sit down. Is he, is he in the Wizards? He's, he's on the Wizards? Well, I don't think we're at, like, <laughs> Michael Jordan on the Wizards era yet. 
Uh, well, he retired, right? And well, yeah, he, he did back. retire and he came back. <laughs> but he, he's making music because he wants to and because he loves to do it. Oh, he God. doesn't really have to. Is there a point where Drake doesn't have to do it? Who's this Kwame Brown? Let me stop. But, <laughs> but someone, uh, someone wrote that um, uh, history can sometimes be a tricking thing. Author Nelson George once wrote that perception is almost as important as facts when it comes to history. Music leaves so much room for perceptive thinking. It's important to understand that music is subjective, period. Uh, but then he said, a layer says, few rap artists have been as consistently successful at producing hits than Drake in American history, like it or not. His achievements must be acknowledged and respected when you place him next to his peers. Mm -hmm. But Drake and Michael Jackson are not peers. Not. <laughs> so... Uh, When's the last time you saw a Drake imitation contest? Let me stop. That was low. But for real, like. There are a lot of dudes getting that haircut. Uh, I, it's cringe. It is cringe. I can only imagine. Um, Certified Loverboy achieved a staggering 744 million streams within its first week. No other artist has had such a success with an album since streaming has factored in the sales tabulations. Um. During Jackson's lifetime, the primary way to listen and acquire albums was to buy physical <clears> copies, <throat> cassette, CD, or vinyl. Jackson's most successful album, Thriller, is currently 34 million sold. To put in perspective just how many albums that is, Drake's entire discography of seven albums is collectively <clears throat> 25 times platinum, counting What a Time to Be Alive with Future. Mm. So are they factoring? They're factoring in streams and all that stuff. Yes. Oof. All right. Well, there you got it. All <laughs> of that, y'all. All of that. Counting and it's not streams. even what Thriller sold. Counting streams as well. Counting the streams. And some because people, 12, 1,250 streams equals one album. And so to put this in even more perspective, because what some people will say is, "Well, look how long Thriller's been out." I don't think people realize how quickly it got there. Like it was, I remember hearing about how it had gotten to 30 million by the time I was in elementary school. Yeah. So that, what that album came out in one 82, So in, in about a 10 year time span, 10 to 15 years, it got there. We're talking about Drake's discography for a, about a, a period of about 10 years. Just to kind, because I imagine some people say, "Well, yeah, it's had you know thirty something years to sell that." No, it it sold it probably yeah. sold thirty million over the period of maybe it probably took like about fifteen years. Yeah, if that, it might be it might be quicker than that. Yeah, honestly. it could yeah it could be less. We're 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 spitballing here because but it with this system with the streams, twelve hundred fifty streams on Apple Music and Amazon equals one album sold, thirty seven hundred. Streams equals to one. Um, that's on paid subscription, mm -hmm. paid subscription audio. Uh, ad supported audio streams like Spotify and YouTube, 3750. Mm -hmm. That many streams equals one album unit sold. All of that combined, 25 million. Mm. That's an interesting metric to bring up then because it really kind of it puts it in perspective. And if we're just looking at straight albums sold, and there there should be no debate here. Yeah. Um, and it says P. 
people have had to leave their homes and buy a physical copy of Thriller rather than listening on Spotify or downloading it on iTunes. Mm -hmm. This should also be factored into Drake's new singles record as streaming allows his songs to earn higher placement on the Billboard 100 without needing to be formally released as commercial singles. Which is a huge deal. Yeah. As Thriller had to. Yeah. Going even further, Jackson continues to win in the age of streaming as Thriller has gone platinum five times over since 2015. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so there's a chance that Thriller in the streaming era has sold more than a Drake album. It it is so it has sold five million. Thriller has sold five million in the last six years. Yes, Thriller is a one in a million musical and cultural anomaly, and it may not be fair to judge that against Certified Lover Boy since Drake has had bigger selling albums. Three of Drake's LPs have sold over 5 million copies, which is astounding for any artist over the past decade, mm -hmm. rap or otherwise. Well, from 1979 until 2009, Michael Jackson released seven albums. And his only, and it, he only sold under, he only sold under 8 million once. Was that Invincible? Uh, it didn't say which one, oh, but okay. uh, we could probably probably guess. guess probably <laughs> <invincible. laughs> uh, mostly physical copies, though. Yeah, only once did he not crack eight million. Yeah, Drake has surpassed MJ in total top tens on the Billboard Hot 100. In 2020, he achieved his 39th and 40th placement to become number one. But a lot of these are features. Some of these are features, <sighs> and then there's also the streaming factor. Yeah. And this is, and it says this record, however, was inflated as 15 of the 40 are Drake's guest features on other artists' songs, including the two that put him in first place. Jackson was only featured guest on one of his 30 songs. Is it um, somebody's watching me? It is Say, Say, Say. Oh, with Paul, Paul McCartney. McCartney. You could add somebody's watching me, but he's not officially. Oh, yeah, because he's not, yeah, he's, he's not, not officially as a, he's not officially a feature. Yeah. And you could also include <laughs> We Are the World because he co-wrote that. Nah, but he ain't. A, yeah, okay. That's good point. Good point. There. Then there are also the Jackson Five slash the Jacksons who had eleven top ten songs, which would bring Michael to forty three. Um. But that's physical copies. Yeah. And radio airplay, while Drake has the string. So. It just goes back to saying that it's easier. It's easier for Drake. Yeah. It was easier for Drake. And he still hasn't touched yeah. what Michael Jackson accomplished. Mm. I'm not even sure he touched what Prince accomplished. Yeah. People were naming Or other Elvis. <laughs> or the Beatles. Or Madonna. Definitely, I'm sure he hasn't really touched what the Beatles have done just in terms of success. I know I bash them a lot, people, but. Um, this isn't their accomplishments are not to be. Understood. And this whole thing is a lot. Of, a lot of Drake fans are going to hear this as bashing. Like, it's it's not. It's it, we're just saying it's easier. Yeah. So, but just because, and not to not to take anything away from Drake, because some people just get one. They get they get one song in mm -hmm. the top ten. Maybe he has one through five. That is that is a great accomplishment. Mm -hmm. But. To try to, it, it, he's great for his time. Well, I mean, I'm not even saying that I'm bashing him, but like, what I think of is how do we hold him up artistically? <laughs> because right now, all he really is a, is a success in terms of and it's, units sold. I don't even know if, if these songs are any good. 
Like he doesn't, you don't see anyone like to compare him to, I guess, a contemporary sort of. Has he ever had an album that anyone has placed in the same atmosphere as my beautiful dark twisted fantasy? Yet, no Kanye one, doesn't have the sales that he has. No one looks at no one looks at Drake's uh, discography like as far as his albums. Like, oh well, this album is good, um, and this album like there was a concept or mm-hmm. there was some kind of some kind of continuity. With Drake, it's just a bunch of songs. Yeah, and, and with some songs, like people are just so excited that it's Drake that not all of these songs are good. Yeah, not all of these these hit songs are. I don't even know if one these one through five. I don't know if any of them are actually yeah. good. Y'all just stream them a lot. Yeah. So I bring that up to say that Michael Jackson's albums were critically acclaimed. <laughs> Thriller was produced by Quincy Jones, who is considered one of the greatest producers ever. To ever live. Yeah. You had great writers like Rod Temperton writing on Off the Wall. You yeah, had the James machine. Ingram. Yeah, you had the machine that is Motown, you know, putting out some of the best pop music of the, of the 70s with the Jackson 5. Um, and then you have Scorpion <laughs> by Drake or Views from the Six by Drake. Or if you're reading this, it's too... Like, no one is going back and, and calling these albums... No one's no one's going back and saying that like you know it was um if you're too if you're reading this is too late and no one's saying like hey man that really got snubbed by the Grammys like no one's saying that like no one's like are these are these complete projects are <laughs> or are they just well this is a we this is a single and we'll just put some bullshit around yeah. the rest of it so and this, View, views yeah. is the closest thing he has to a complete album maybe some people think it is one but that is the uh, and, maybe, and maybe thank, thank me later might might be that that is an album that feels like a complete album. It's what was not the gonna... second one that had? Um, oh, take not... care. No, not take care. It was the one that had. Hold on, we're going home. And um, that was on. I can't think of the name of it. Nothing was ever the same. Yeah, that was a pretty good album. I like that album. So, but there aren't they aren't all complete. Then. But it ain't no, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which is probably but, yeah. One of does the best. anything like are there? <laughs> and we're in an era where it's about the single. Yeah, but he's still putting out full albums, albums. whole ass albums. <laughs> but we're not like you said there. We're not looking at. We're not we we no one looks back at a Drake album is like this is if you you know if you do a deep dive into it mm-hmm. you'll find. Uh, You'll be able to see, like, if it's great as a com- as a project by itself. Mm-hmm. We say that about a beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. Mm-hmm. We say that about graduation. Mm-hmm. We say that about late registration. Yeah. We say that about college dropout. Yeah. Some people say about kinda... life. Some people say about life of Pablo. Life of Pablo. He, w- <laughs> he was like he was getting back there. Some people say that about that. <laughs> we could kind of say it about eight oh eight and heartbreak. Yeah. We don't say it about Jesus. I, I can't say it about Jesus because it, it it sounds like it wasn't done. Yeah, it was half done. I, but you you could say that about those other. We don't say that about one Drake album. And then so then to be fair, because we're in the we're in the single era, singles era. Can you say that he has one song that could be considered, you know, the greatest song of the last ten years that would appear in the top fifteen of the last ten years? In the top one hundred. You know, yeah, they've all been successful, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, like, a lot of the songs feel Hotline super... Hotline Bling? 
What is that without the video? Hold on, we're going home. Were you the first and the second verse are the same? Yeah. Where I thought that it was a different singer <laughs> because I was like, he sounds too good to be Drake. <laughs> but like I, you th I think about that, like I mean, like the most iconic song I could think of by him was um, I got the the first major single. Um, I know way too many people here right now. Oh yeah, like that's in, in terms of singles, like. I still to this day think that might be outside of maybe all me like early, like, but I mean, that kind of goes along or, with the uh, thought that started from the bottom. Yeah. That goes on with the thought that he stopped trying. <laughs> like, that's the other thing that people say. He has and stopped. The, he doesn't so care. He's scamming his, his fans now. Yeah. Like, let me that, just put out yeah. something like that video says, like Drake has stopped caring about music. You know, what's a clear sign that he, he may have stopped trying the album cover. I don't even know what the album. Oh yeah, just the uh, the um, emojis. You went into the um, emojis on your iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> Someone did some Photoshop to change the colors, and now that's the album yeah. cover. Yeah, and I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't bothered to listen to it. Um, I probably stopped really paying attention after I listened to Scorpion and was a little bit disappointed because I used to be a huge, huge Drake fan. Thought he was the second coming. Um, back in the day when I, you know, when I first heard, um, his mixtape and heard him use, um, say, do say what's real, where he used the Kanye. Uh, say beat. you will. Yeah. Say you will. Well, the, yeah, well the say that, you will is the Kanye song, but he yeah. called it say what's real. And yeah. I was like, this dude is good and like loved him early on. But like, as he's gone on, like he sings more than he raps, which is fine. You can do that. But like, it sounds, it just, a lot of it sounds lazy. Is it catchy? Yeah. But the subject matter is kind of corny. But like those first few albums, like Fireworks, great song, great. He sung his own hook. <sighs> okay, I this, what, what they also had in this article, Jackson accumulated his success in a much more methodical fashion before social media. If Twitter and TikTok were around, with Motown Twenty Five aired, Ooh, or when the clips. Thriller video premiered. All the clips of him doing the moonwalk. Oh, my God. And then people trying to do it and not moonwalk looking. challenge. As, there would have been a moonwalk there challenge. Yeah, moonwalk challenge. Or smooth criminal. The yeah. smooth criminal challenge. Y'all trying to lean and y'all just busting your Kids head Kids would have been open. in the hospital. Kids would have been in the hospital. Or someone coding a, a face morph in the black and white, black or white video. Yeah. And then it said, finally, there's each artist's lasting impact over time. The story of Drake's impact on music is still being composed, and we may not know its full magnitude for a long time from now. What can already be determined is Jackson's impact across generations. He had a top 10 Billboard 100 single in five consecutive decades. The man would start concerts by standing motionless for over three minutes when, with unwavering applause. <laughs> like that kid at Z's. Let me stop. Let me stop. No one's going to get that joke, but ask me one day and I'll explain it. <laughs> and let's not forget, let's not even discuss the hordes of fainting fans and yeah. tears shed by every age group in every corner of the planet yeah. at the mere sight of him yeah. performing. It was insane. It was insane if you think about it. My Maybe goodness. it's you had to be there, but Drake's not doing any of that. Yeah. Um, And then there's... And there's also the the lack of, like I said, 
Gen Zers don't respect history. They mm-hmm. probably they don't respect anybody that came before them and feel like they will never get old. Some your some of your favorite artists will have that respect. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a way they can show it to show that it's okay to do that. Uh, they mention here, Kendrick Lamar told Jimmy Fallon that he was happy that To Pimp a Butterfly only got 11 Grammy nominations because he didn't want to beat Michael Jackson's record of 12. Respectful. That is respect. Um, the weekend uh, <clears throat> covering Dirty Diana, paying homage. Beyonce, uh, when she performed at the Super Bowl, the one with uh, Coldplay and Bruno Mars, where mm-hmm. we forget that Coldplay was the headliner. <laughs> yes, we do. Her outfit was uh, paying homage to Michael Jackson's outfit mm-hmm. from when he performed at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, um, poor Coldplay. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Drake is embracing this that he may be on the same level because he says on one song, not on, not sure if you know, but I'm actually Michael Jackson. The man I see in the mirror is actually going platinum. Mm. That's a whack line. Yeah, that, that's a pretty bad line. And um, it says if Drake wants the throne, he has much ground to cover. He may want to <laughs> learn how to dance. Uh, and compose music, uh, and produce, and donate hundreds of millions of dollars to charity, and record more albums with Future, so we'll have a chance to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. <laughs> he's good for his time, y'all. Yeah, that's 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 my conclusion. He's and he's had a great time. run. He's had a good run. This is impressive, but it's it's easy. Yeah. It's easy. Taylor Swift had four songs. You can get if you if you're a big enough artist, you can get four or five songs in the yeah. top ten. One through five, uh, uh, there are a lot of y'all out there. there and are a lot of y'all fans and there. if you think about this, and I'm not a Taylor Swift stand or nothing, I like her, but she gets the critical acclaim. She got three Grammys. Yeah, she got. She's year. won Album of the Year three times. First woman to ever do it. Drake's <laughs> been nominated <laughs> twice. And I mean, so, well, it's nominated twice. It's but, pop music, you but. Know? I mean, you could say Folklore, like Folklore though was very unlikely. Like that's compared to everything else. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Dua Lipa. Yeah, like it was like if of all the albums, you know, like Folklore. But I mean, it's because she went it. She really went in there, and just and did something different. I mean, I'll admit it. Like it's not yeah, like it was. You know, it was a departure from what she had been doing. It's not like there's like you know like this folk core music out there and people like and she's. <laughs> And was it like she's done it three different ways? Yeah, it did. The first yeah. country, and then pop, electro pop, yeah, electro pop, and then folk. And if you I don't know if you could switch it up like that in rap. I mean, no. well, you, you you actually could. You could if you if y'all get out of this this trap trap. <laughs> y'all are stuck in a trap trap. Yeah. And you know, some artists, if they're trying to go back to the the, the boom bap era. <laughs> Which, you know, add, ask your uncle or older cousins about boom bap, especially if you're from New York. Or if you go back to the um, an East Coast style of the jazz rap or West Coast with, with the G-Funk or just, mm-hmm. or just uh, funk in, in general. Um, the Midwest or, you know, using the, you know, I don't know if the, I don't know if the, the sped up 
chipmunk Kanye sample uh, method will come love, back. I would love for that to come back. That would be amazing. Or with um, actually, well, I don't know if it's if it's if it's just with Eminem or if it's a Detroit thing. Like Eminem doesn't sample that much, Mm-mm. but so just composing, like you know, learning to play the piano at least or the or the yeah, keyboard to, to come up with your with your own melodies. That's what he learned it to so he could make the beat to Lost One by Jay Z. He learned piano. So um there there are other there are ways to switch it up. Which is why he would beat Diddy. Diddy never learned <laughs> piano to make a beat. <laughs> Diddy learn anything. He learned how to steal from the best. He learned how to sign his name. They're like, hey, man, you ever heard of this band called Led Zeppelin? <laughs> and it was like, I want that song. Oh, my. oh I was listening to this this song. You've heard of uh, uh, this song called Every Breath You Take? It's this <laughs> band called The Police. Like, not like the bad police. Like, they're not going to shoot you. No, they were ju- it was just a band. It was like some some white dude named Sting. Yeah, like, that's his name, yeah, bro. Yeah, it, it was just one day, but it was crazy. It's weird, man. Yo, man, like the song's kind of creepy, but we're going to use it to pay homage to my fallen friend. <laughs> we're going to use a song about stalking, and we're going to make everyone think that it's the most beautiful thing in the world. <laughs> and then he's going to get all the money from it because we're not going to get it cleared. <laughs> <laughs> we don't clear the same. <laughs> and that's how Sting stays rich. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I just realized we talked about this for a long time. We're, we're pretty passionate about this, it seems. Yeah. 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 Don't come for us, Gen Z. <laughs> or if you want to, y'all, y'all don't know anything. Don't that's the, that's one us. of the main. You think you know everything. You think you know everything. And 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 respect nothing that came before you. That's why he couldn't get a spot on Kentucky. Yeah, that's why he got. That's why he still thinks he's being recruited by Kentucky. And that's why they told him you can't talk to players no more for us because we got fined. In Toronto. Toronto. I just hope he doesn't try to come here now that Atlanta's kind of getting some shine. Um, I'm hoping that Atlanta Drake is done. And if I see him sitting That's the only side, way he's changed it up is is the persona. Yeah. Sometimes he thought he was British, Jamaican. He Jamaican, thought he was yeah. British. He thought he was from Houston. He thought he was from Atlanta. I think Memphis at one point, too. Memphis, yeah. yeah. Did you say Houston? Yeah. Okay, yeah. He just... <laughs> That's how he changes it up, but not with the song. I want to, you know what? I'd like to hear um, L.A. Drake, like some, like some hype. Well, hyphy's not cool anymore. I'm showing my age, but like you know, some West Coast Drake, maybe um, Central some West American Coast Drake, Drake that it's some, it's a, it's it beats that are clearly G Funk inspired. Yeah, they don't sample anything necessarily, but it's G Funk inspired. I would, I would like to also, yeah, Central American Drake would be interesting. Central. <laughs> What Central American drink? I don't know. Like, <laughs> maybe some, like, well, I know Passion was kind of tropical, but, like, something, like, maybe with a little bit of, like, reggaeton in it, maybe, like, some like some Mexican pop-inspired music. I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm thinking of, you uh, know. Reggaeton Drake would just, reggaeton. I know that would annoy the hell out of me. Like, maybe get, like, you know, it. some, um. Not Louis Fonsi, because he's he's more of a pop star. Some Daddy Yankee. Yeah, maybe Daddy Yankee. I'm trying to think of some of the J other. J Balvin, yeah, Bad Bunny. Yeah, there we go. J Balvin, Bad Bunny. <laughs> um, maybe even have, I don't know what Australian rap sounds like, but Austra- like Sydney Drake, maybe. 
Melbourne Drake. Um, I'm all for yeah, it, man. You might be trying to be. Uh, it might be New Zealand Drake. Oh, I could hear that New Zealand Drake. Oh, you know the one that would that would probably be the most annoying because it, it might actually work. K-pop Drake. Oh God, yes. I don't. You, now that you mention it, I don't know how that hasn't happened yet. I think. <laughs> Because, like, in K-pop, you mean every group has a rapper, unless you're a girl yeah. group. Sometimes they have them, too. Sometimes like, they have rappers. Sometimes. But, like, they have, yeah, I could totally see that. I don't know how he has, hasn't done that yet. Yeah, Drake, we need Drake BTS to do the, do is, the world tour, happening. man. It's Russian happening. Drake. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what pop music sounds like in these countries, but, like, I just want to go over there and, like, if you want to, as a matter of fact, if he wants to prove that he is better than Michael Jackson... Do the world tour. All the all the regions. The world. Eastern European Drake. Drake Yevsky. The the big the big stadiums. Do the Drake Yevsky. Do that. The Drake Yevsky. <laughs> playing playing um in the Czech. Is that even a is that even, is it the Czech Republic or is it Yugoslavia now? Well no, there's there's Czech Republic okay. and Slovakia. Slovakia, yeah. Go be Slovakian Drake. Drake Yevsky play over there <laughs> like <laughs> and you know and you got to do the you got to announce your world tour like they used to do um this is how people found it like with world tours because i saw it uh, i think there's one with michael jackson and I, I remember seeing one with hammer where they basically just had to make a video announcing mm-hmm. that they were going to, <laughs> where they, to where they were going to be and they had to, they put it on vhs and they sent it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how people found out about the tour. You got to announce your tour like that, too. He hasn't been African Drake yet, has he? Like, he hasn't been, like, Nigerian Drake or Senegal Drake. Because, hmm. I mean, he when he was Jamaican Drake, he there were some elements he took from that music. But I feel like he... No, he hasn't tried to be South African Drake yet. Oh, that'd be... That'd be That'd be interesting, South African Drake. Why that made me think of? What if he made an album like Graceland? <laughs> okay, so it's got to be named then after a famous rapper's estate. <laughs> a famous rapper's is there? Is there a famous rapper's estate? Not, Does, they is, don't have names though. They don't really name them. Yeah, they don't name them like that anymore. Like I don't know if Rick Ross's mansion or his. His has a name, yeah. His property has a name. You can't call it Eminem's house. Like you can't <laughs> just call it. <laughs> Love to see that. Oh no, he might call he, because if if Paul Simon named his Graceland, oh, you know what he'll do to troll us? He'll just call it Neverland. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Neverland, and he goes. South African Drake makes an album called Neverland. I could hear that. You heard it here first. If it, if it happens in 10 years, I want a royalty check. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I want a royalty check if it happens in 10 years. All right. We've gone on about that long enough. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll get to the charts here really quick. Um, <clears throat> Hot 100, number one. Stay by the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. So it, it was number six last week when Drake took over the top five. And then it goes back up to number one, which can which shows to me. Those songs aren't that good. They can't be that good. <laughs> they fell off that quick. They fell off that fast. Uh, the one that was number one last week, Way Too Sexy, Drake featuring featuring Young Thug. 
the video had Kawhi Leonard, um, uh. <laughs> who looked like he did not expect to be there. Yeah. <laughs> he owed him a favor. <laughs> uh, that is number two. Number three, Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. Uh, number four, Knife Talk, Drake featuring 21 Savage and Project Pat. He's still in the league? Project Pat? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's still he's still in the league. Okay. <laughs> uh, number five, Fancy Like by Walker Hayes. <clears throat> Jumping up from number 21. Number six, it was number 20 last week. And uh, it's been as high as number two, but with the album coming out, people are streaming it again. Industry Baby, Lil Nas X, and Jack Harlow. I just want to say Lil Nas X is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> no, Lil Nas X not fully intended to talk about him too. He's what he is doing is nothing short of genius. <laughs> um, he posted a video on his TikTok page of him a year before Old Town Road blew up, and it's just him sitting at his apartment. Like I think he's got some ramen, and he's talking through like, all right, just released Old Town Road today. Here's where I am. He names where he is streaming, all his social media and stuff. It's like, all right, we'll see where I am in a year. <laughs> you can guess where he was in a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but just the whole rollout of the album oh, yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. It's hilarious to me because <clears throat> he triggers people. Oh yeah. He is the trigger god. And I don't think I, I, and I think at this point he's just like I'll use it to market. No it, whatever happens no he'll use bad it. attention. He'll, he'll yeah. try to I'll, I can use this. Yep. <laughs> That's all he's trying to do. Uh number 7. Good for You by Olivia Rodrigo. Number eight, Kiss Me More, Doja Cat featuring SZA. Number nine, Levitating is still around, and it's two weeks away from it being a year on the charts. Insane. And it's number nine. And number 10, Girls Want Girls by Drake featuring Lil Baby. Uh, he also has number 11, which Fair Trade, Drake featuring Travis Scott, <clears throat> uh, which was number three last week. But I, I'm not sure these songs are any good. I'll... I might try to force myself to listen to the album. We'll see. Because I don't want to speak ill of an album I haven't listened to, but I've just been, you know, my brother-in-law said it was a good album. I've been, I've just been disappointed by Drake a few times to continue to give him chances. So, um, <clears throat> last week, uh, Drake debuted at number one with Certified Lover Boy. So he's number one again this week. Number two, it debuted at number one. And then it fell to number two for the last two weeks. Donda by Kanye West. Debuting at number three, Starcross, the follow-up uh, album uh, from the album of the year. Uh, Casey Musgraves, who won album of the year for the Golden Hour. Starcrossed, her follow-up, debuts at number three. Number four, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Number five, debuting mm -hmm. at number five, The Melodic Blue by Baby Keem. Uh, his songs that he's done with Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> being uh, mean to hell, not maybe not to hell, but they're being mean a lot. <laughs> uh, especially Kendrick Lamar. Just just search top of the morning, <laughs> search top of the morning anywhere, and you're gonna <laughs> uh, you'll see all the memes. Um, number six, Planet Her by Doja Cat. Number seven, Fuck Love by The Kid Leroy. Number eight, It's Still Hanging Around. Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. And at number nine. What? Up from number 150. Okay, look at the, if there's a tour. So I know there's a podcast that's been talking about it, 
but that can't be enough to push you into the top no, ten. Not from one fifty eight to nine. Not from obscurity. I mean, like who was the last? Now, one? I mean, maybe like when we talked about it, we take credit for it going coming back to the top ten, and you know, along with the tour, uh, the last time it went to the top ten. But we're talking about Metallica's Black Album is number nine this week. Um, it has spent 625 weeks on the charts, which is, what, 12 years? <laughs> um, so I know they're yeah. touring because I know. 12, year, 12 weeks, 12 years of worth of weeks. Uh, but is there a tour? Uh, so I know they're. I don't. I think they're on tour, because I know Kevin got tickets um, hmm. to go see them. But I'm just looking. I don't know if it's just that. Like they're, um, so there's a new book. I wonder if they're selling the album with the book. So it said Metallica. This is on New Music Express. Announced new photo book, um, the Black album um, in black and white. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if you dig a little bit deeper. Um, they're probably, and they did a reissue, a 30th anniversary reissue. Oh yeah, because it turned 31, this, it turned 30 this year. So they got a book, so they're probably giving away albums with the book as well. So it's the <clears> reissue. <throat> yeah. Each unit equals one album sell. Yeah. So. So Bill, so Billboard allows that with the book. Make sure. If here. you get, if you buy the book, you get the album. Let me make sure. Uh, Are you listening, DJ Khaled? <laughs> uh, due to his, was issued of a yeah, it's a reissue. Yeah. All right, and uh, at number ten, I don't know if this album's any good. <clears throat> Happier than ever by Billie Eilish. I've not heard great things about it. You know, I feel like because she went blonde, like she doesn't have like the green and black anymore. Her fans probably think she's sold out. I would hope not, but I i mean, I have not heard anything I liked from it. I've seen it bashed a couple of times on on TikTok. My brother-in-law, who is a big Billie Eilish fan, we were, I forget where we were, and the song was playing, and he was like, oh, what's that? And I was like, oh, it's, it's Billie Eilish, bro. <laughs> he was like, oh, no, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he is a, he's a pretty big fan, so... All right, let's get to the artist 100. Number one, of course, is Drake. We all know why. Uh, he was actually number one last week. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, number two, new album, unranked last week, Casey Musgraves. Number three, Olivia Rodrigo. Number four, Kanye. Number five, Metallica. Number six, The <laughs> Weeknd. Number seven, Ed Sheeran. Number eight, Doja Cat. Number nine, BTS. And number 10, Dua Lipa. So something I noticed, and she's just down two spots. Because she's streaming again, Aaliyah, the self-titled album, was, I think, number 13 in mm. terms of albums. And then she's number 12 on the, um, on the, the Artist, the Artist 100. So I think she's getting a little bit of push from the fact now that she's on streaming again. And a lot of people, you know, probably people our age and a little bit older are very excited. Yeah, and it does seem like some younger people are being introduced to her as well, um, as having you know she probably could have been the next big thing. Yeah, um, Abe, who's been on before, I don't know if he said it on here, but he contends that she is her death is the reason Beyonce got popular. Yeah, because with an Aaliyah, you don't need a Beyonce. 
there's no room. So I think that's interesting. I, I want to think I've seen it. You know, I've I've seen that said a couple of times as well. It's an interesting thought. You know, I, I think there could have been room for both of them, but I don't know because they kind of their music almost kind of operates in the same space. Well, yeah, I mean, kind of look at that. How we said, uh, well, I don't know if you agreed with me with it at all, but I said that with like with female rappers, yeah, there can always be, be one. Some, yeah, and there's going to be one at a yeah. time. And right now, it's well. I look at Doja Cat more as a singer now. She does. She's been bit working of both, with Dr. Though, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look out. Um, no! <laughs> anyway, uh, or may, or some people may say it's Megan Thee Stallion or it's Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say Nicki Minaj, but she's being in, she's in the news for other reasons. She's right fighting, now. boy. It's, it's Them weird. Swollen things, boy. <laughs> um. So. Um, yeah, that'll do it for our music news. We, I've gone a lot longer than I than we anticipated, but look, had we, had, we, had, we had some things. We to had say. to set we that had some straight. Things to say, all right. The podcast got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. Um, so went to a Korean barbecue restaurant. Really good. Um, they play nothing but K-pop. When you're there, they've got it, you know, booming, and they've got like TVs up so you can see the videos. So anytime I leave that place, I've been there twice, I go home and just blast K-pop. Um, it's really good music. It's well-written. Um, this one was on a K-pop playlist I found on YouTube. I think it was like the first one. It's called Holiday Party. It is um, by a group called Weekly. I haven't heard anything else by them, but this song is just so catchy. The videos are so fun. Um, like, they're so fun it should be illegal, <laughs> all the videos. <laughs> but, yeah, I just I love this song. I can't stop listening to it. Up. This is Holiday Party by Weekly, and we'll be right back. is 
Holiday Party by Weekly, spelled with three E's. And you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms of the Week playlist on Spotify right now. It's like the mix of Korean and English is always funny to me. (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah, you can find that on our uh, Spotify playlist right now. Okay, so we started this episode, which seems like it was so long ago. But we started this episode with a scene from one of the, uh, I guess, one. I don't know if it was one of the first memed movies. Um, if you describe meme as just like an inside joke. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I had never seen the movie, but... Yeah, the, what the joke is, if it's an unnecessary sequel, it's something and something, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> and I never knew what that meant. And then I saw this movie and I get it. <laughs> so um, it was a scene where uh, Ozone tries to call a truce to, um, I forget the guy's name. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, it's his competition, I guess. Yeah, his. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can pull up his name. But he tries to call a truce and... Uh, the guy says, "Don't talk jive to me, man." But like, you got that eighty slang, man. You gotta love it. And it sounded like really clear. Like he didn't sound relaxed. Like that dude was a trained actor. <laughs> uh, Don't talk jive to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Strobe. Strobe is his character's name. Uh, he, I think he is actually a break dancer. His name is Steve Sugarfoot. Notario. Sugarfoot. Man, Sugarfoot. you can't steal that from Jonathan Moffat, man. <laughs> um, um that, yeah, that's So yeah. I thought it was Adam Beach at first, but I was like, Adam Beach is way younger than that. But yeah. I was like, that can't be him. Um So we'll be talking about a breaking to electric boogaloo as I change the background. <laughs> so spoiler alert, there was um there was no electric boogaloo. Um, in the movie, no, there was a song called Electric Boogaloo, but there was yes, at there no was. point does Boogaloo Shrimp become electric. No, <laughs> it wasn't even as like, like, okay, where did the electric? I don't even know how that came to be. I don't get it. Yeah, all right, hold on, let me turn on this. Uh... A few minutes later, <laughs> hold on just a second. <laughs> And we're back. <laughs> um, so, uh, of course, I have some notes. So let's just, let's just get to this. So I will say before we start. Yeah. So since when did we do the first one? This was. I think the first one was back in late February. So I have been to California, Los Angeles, all that surrounding area, and Venice Beach since, and got to see some of the you know the areas where that were in the movie, and L.A. in the eighties. Versus now, almost unrecognizable. Like, there's parts of Venice Beach that do look unchanged, but other parts, it's just kind of like, yeah, you just, 
Like it is way more like it's crowded in the movie. It is way more crowded now. <laughs> um, so many more cars. But yeah, I just I thought it was interesting just to be able to go and see that. I remember in that episode we talked about like uh, you wearing hats. What wearing hats? Where you you like you shouldn't wear hats. I LA. did not wear hats. No, I think I had I had my hoodie. But yeah, like everything is claimed. Like see? everything means see? something. That's what we're telling you. Yeah, like everything means something. So Josh, yeah. Rick, he took our advice. He did not wear no. any hats in L.A. <laughs> I had my hoodie and that was it. Nah, no hats. All right. So, um, uh, of course, I, I, I had a lot of notes. I thought I was going to have too many notes because I, I realized how much I had and I was still only 20 minutes into the movie. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'll start with the first thing I had. They they did the whole movie in the opening credits thing again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did that again. Um, they use this it, well because they greenlit this immediately, like less than a year. What? Yeah, this was uh, this this one came out seven months after the first one. Yeah, it was very very fast. Um, it was almost like they shot them concurrently, like the like they did like with the Lord of the Rings. The um, if I remember correctly, the um, what's my call it? The exact same, the credits, opening credits. Uh, okay, you know what we got to do for the next one? What? Because remember, I mentioned there was a movie just called Rapping mm-hmm. that is technically Breaking Three. Stop <laughs> it! Hold on, are they are they both in it? Uh, Ice T is the only one who's in all three. <laughs> I'm down. So we're going to have try to get Josh to again, make the schedules work. We have to do an episode about rapping. The unofficial, AKA, unofficial breaking three. The unofficially breaking three. Electrical or boogaloo. I don't know. More electric. More boogaloo. electrical. <laughs> too electric, too boogaloo. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> it's known as in international markets because in international markets, instead of breaking, it was called break dance. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, <laughs> Breaking two in international markets was break dance to electric boogaloo. Rapping is called break dance three electric boogaloo. <laughs> Brilliant. Boogaloo. Electric boogaloo. Oh my God. So would rapping or would the fourth one be electric, like what, four electric boogalore? Like. <laughs> This is great. Boogaloo, boogalee, boogalore, boogalive. <laughs> and it has Mario Van Peebles. Uh, rest in peace to Melvin Van Peebles, his father, uh, who passed away today, I believe. Uh, oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah. Uh, Mario Van Peebles was rapping. <laughs> but Ice-T is in this. That's the only connection. It also has Eric LaSalle and Kadeem Hardison. Oh, we got some black all-stars up in here. Okay. <laughs> um, the Force MDs. Oh, Eugene wow. Gene Wilde. Hold on. Eugene Wilde? Like the singer? Oh, God. Not Gene Wilder. That's who I thought you meant. I was like, what is he? Did he get street cred from being in movies with Richard Pryor? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah, I felt like, well, if, I guess maybe this is just uh, a result of filming the movie so close together, but it almost felt like... You went straight from breaking to breaking two. Like, okay, when did breaking two come out? 
rapping comes out five months after breaking two. <laughs> Well, but they tried this, to make it connect, there, but there's really pictures, no connection. Right? Hmm? This was all Canon Pictures, I believe, too. Um, it was like a B-movie yeah, studio. Yeah, Canon Films. Yeah, like, like a B-movie studio. So, kind of like The Asylum. Yeah, they get brought up a lot on um, Good Bad Flicks. Oh, it says Mario Van Peebles' raps were overdubbed by Master G of the Sugar Hill Gang. Oh. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking two before we get to rapping. That's a future episode for Electric sure. Boogaloo. Um so the success of street jazz, uh, Kelly ends up being in a chorus line. Mm-hmm. Uh I feel like every dancer who wants to be on Broadway ends up being in a chorus line in some way. Cause I, it seemed like that show is always being put on. It's cats in a chorus line. Oh, that's it's the actual name of the play? Is the, it a chorus the, line? Yeah, it's a musical. Oh, okay, okay. It, yeah, it's it's one of the most successful musicals ever. Uh, but it's one of those that I feel like it's always it's always on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you can go see a chorus line tomorrow if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> that or Cats. Like, those are, <laughs> like, those are long-running, um, <clears throat> long-running Broadway musicals. Um. So yeah, that's what Kelly ends up getting after the 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 success of street jazz. Which is interesting because I was when I started watching it, I'm like, is she out of that life now? <laughs> you know, like she just basically used them. It's like it'll be a nice little story that I can tell my friends when I'm off at Ivy League about how I help <laughs> these, you know, these kid these street dancers. Well, that's where uh, her dad wanted her to go yeah. to Princeton. So like I, damn, not even not even stay on the West Coast and go to Stanford. You talking about Princeton? Was was Stanford? You know, Stanford back then, in the yeah. early eighties, it was okay. Yeah. Then yeah, why not go to Stanford? Are there any other? Is there any like true Ivy Leagues on the East Coast or the West Coast? No. Hmm. Stanford, it is. Then. It's Stanford. Yeah, go to yeah. Stanford. Can't can't even say UC Berkeley. Nope. <laughs> Stanford. No. Um, I so she says it's my life, but like they didn't really establish that she was on her own. <laughs> so I'm just like, what the hell you mean is your life? Like you are on their dime. It is not your life. It is their they're paying for everything. Only to later find out they were not. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, but it was like I was like, that's you know, I started kind of listing yeah. off the movie tropes. Like the kid, the spoiled kid who has everything given to them that doesn't want to do what their parents say and when their parents tell them something, it's my life. Let's cut them off. <laughs> that's what you gotta do. Let's cut them off. <laughs> Uh, the same kind of, uh, I guess, could, could another connection between Breaking 1 and Breaking 2, where we talked about how people didn't, um, how they looked down on, down on the street dancing. Street people. Like, right them. down their nose. It was mm-hmm. like those, yeah, those street people. I wrote She's that. still <laughs> hanging out those street people. And he's like, no, she's not. And then what does she go and do? She goes to hang out with those street people. Um, I also wrote Kelly doesn't have any other friends. <clears throat> no, it didn't seem like it. Th- that was her. F- those are her friends. Well, where's family, Adam? But where's Adam? Adam wasn't in this one. <laughs> we don't oh, see him at all. Oh yeah, that was the um. Was that her boyfriend? No, the gay best friend. Okay, yeah, the dude who was working at the store that wasn't working. That bum. He was he was working at the uh, restaurant, but he wasn't really working. He just kept no. messing with her. Yeah, he was the... Uh, no, no, she was working at the store. My bad. 
Yeah, uh, when he came in, like his dad was a janitor. Yeah, we, okay, we concluded he was a janitor with the health department. Yes, okay. Oh yeah, because he, he was said in the he class was with tell. Him. He was yeah. going to tell on him. <laughs> okay, I, I know. Yeah, what happened to him? That's yeah, a good we don't see Adam anymore. Um, Maybe he wouldn't come back. So after that, <laughs> uh, Turbo and Ozone still live in a garage. Uh, well, a different garage. garage. <laughs> A different garage. She pulls up. There's outside sweeping. So at this at this point, I thought they were dating. Well, when she comes up to kiss him. Yeah. And then there's no other scene like that yeah. to where, like, oh, they're, they're in a relationship. That's really bad continuity. And this was not a friendly kiss. No, it was not. It was not. a. Fr- I don't it kiss was my not. friends like that. It would have been a kiss on the cheek at best if they were just friends. Yeah. But we don't see anything like that for the rest yeah. of the movie. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, it's kind of implied that they're not dating. Yeah. It looks more like that. Yeah, it does on. look more like that. Um, and Because I thought there would be like a little more racism mm-hmm. later from her father. Mm-hmm. But that's that's where he's really resisting. Yeah. Is because. <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um did they teach all the working class people in the neighborhood how to dance? Because we saw Everyone cops. Just jump, yeah, just we saw electricians. In. Yeah. <laughs> we saw construction workers. <laughs> so I wanted to do this, but I didn't have the time to. But like it felt like the movie was uh was mostly dance breaks. Yeah. There and were a lot of it. It felt those. like the movie was maybe thirty minutes of actual movie and everything else was just like, all right, random dance break. Like, cause at, at a certain point the first one included that you're talking about when they're in the streets um, and they're going to um, she pulls up and then they all just start dancing down to the center or whatever. What? Why? Is that just how they walk? Like, I was just like random dance break. Like it felt, you know, the guy walks up, starts rapping and then boom, let's just start dancing. He looked like Zach Fox, by the way. It's very funny. But like, <laughs> let's just all start dancing. We'll dance our way to the to the miracles center. Well, first they go down to the whatever park, uh, Hollywood Bowl, halfway Hollywood Bowl looking place. Yeah, and they just watch these randos dancing. Um, so that's where, what was her character's name? Was it uh, Lucia? Lucia. Lucia. Sabrina Garcia. Um, so uh, they're dancing. There are only percussion instruments on the stage. But we hear everything. But we hear like a full song, mm-hmm. a full band. <laughs> Clearly it's uh, non-diagenic. I'm kidding. But I don't <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I wrote like as they were going down there, the parade just ran into another parade because there's another crowd of yeah. people at the end of the streets. <laughs> and they all merge. <laughs> And clearly it looks like there's something between, you know, Turbo sees Lucia dancing. Is it Lucia? Lucia. Lucia. And I guess it's just smitten, but doesn't know how to express it. Yeah. And I was confused, like, okay, is it because she doesn't speak English and he doesn't know Spanish? Yeah. How old is he supposed to be in this movie? Because he's acting like a kid that, you know. I thought he would be big. Well, this is seven months later. So he's 18, 19. And they and I feel like they made him to look like he was probably fourteen. Yeah, it seemed like they made him like younger, like a kid. And there kid. are some moments in here where like, okay, Turbo is doing too much. Yeah, He's doing too much right now. Because I felt <laughs> like he, 
he he was like that kid that didn't know how to talk to girls. Yeah. It's like, I don't See, know. See, and this... that, and, but that kind of informs how he reacted to Kelly in the first one. Touche. Touche. Hmm. That's a good point. Um, okay. Uh, Ozone says, calls her, calls Lucia just a tease. I'm like, she curved you <laughs> at some point oh. earlier. She curved you because she was checking out Turbo. And not you. And not you. <laughs> <laughs> but at that point, though, I'm still. I I think she's. He's still with Kelly. Who ozone? Yeah, yeah. He is. They, they kiss, and so. But yeah, we'll talk about but that. They, later, it, but it, it just, it, that the whole that yeah. that gets confusing. Yeah, it does. Are you to, are they together or not? Yeah. I mean, maybe I know. I think there's a story that on the set they really didn't get along. Yeah, no, they did not. She didn't like. But that. it. But uh, Shabadu was intimidated by her dancing background Mm -hmm. and i don't know what she was what she felt about him exactly but i know they were kind of intimidated by her abilities Mm -hmm. so um miracles looks like the biggest bouncy house i have ever seen very colorful (laughs) very colorful building um did not look how i thought it would look on the inside with all the colors, I thought it'd be a little bit more colorful inside, but it looks like like an auditorium essentially. Um, what an auditorium with a dance studio, <laughs> essentially, um, that they dance down to. So like one from one random dance break, and there are at least to another, three different spaces, three different dance spaces yeah. to rehearse. They had the 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 theater. Mm-hmm. They had some other room which looked like a, a dance studio, a real dance studio, and then the one that's they share a space with the boxing gym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah. I didn't yeah. Um the guy he called a magician, like that's not a magician. He didn't do any magic tricks. No. He is a mime. Yeah. Oh the guy who he <laughs> pretends to open the door. Yeah. That guy is a mime, yeah. not a magician. <laughs> um so I think this yeah. is also, when I started first noticing as well, a lot of really awkward close-ups. Yeah. Um, where it kind of felt like Ozone's like looking right into the camera, and he looks uncomfortable. Like they're, they're there was so a lot close. of mugging for the camera yeah. during the dance breaks. It, yeah, it was just weird. What, it, what is that? Why? Why are they? Why are you allowing? Why is this left in the final cut with them looking directly into the camera? Because they didn't have enough, man. That's why you have so many dance breaks. <laughs> The movie's thin on plot. Yeah, very like thin. I mean, if you think about it, this is like a, this is like a, a um a very special episode of Family Matters where we got to save the community center that they turned into a movie with dance breaks. So yeah, just I thought about like that. It felt like it was filler. I'm, I'm with you. Why leave it in? Did people look uncomfortable at one point during that? I think it was the second dance break. I thought Ozone was gonna kick the camera. He was so close. I, it felt weird. It felt weird. Um, what else did I have here? The worst boxing training I have ever seen. On which part? When they, when they, when Kelly first comes into the into when they go into the boxing gym and yeah. they see Champ and everything. That was the worst boxing training I've ever seen. And I say <laughs> this because, okay, if if you're supposed to, you know, if you're training and I have the pet the mitts. Yeah, and you're supposed to hit him right, but there was one guy who had like um, it looked like a couch cushion pillow, mm-hmm. but the guy wasn't hitting it. <laughs> he 
he wasn't coming to the pillow. He was just, it was like three inches away. Like, what are you, what are you doing? It's not a real boxer, probably. Uh, they couldn't find one in L.A. They couldn't find a real boxer. Um, Mugging for the camera. Well, uh, this is a lesson in gentrification, kids. Oh, so trope number two. Eva Richman. <laughs> I must have this place, Eva Richman. Mostly you make him white just because, you know. Why not? I guess. I don't know. That's just what movie. I guess it would feel weird to have what just evil rich black. Although they have rich black men. Like I think of um, um the the big dude from um You Got Served. That oh, broke. Emerald? Yeah, Emerald. That's evil rich black man. But he's a drug dealer, not a business owner. In yeah, this case, yeah. if you own a business, it's an evil rich white man. Nice suit. You know, very white teeth. Um, And he must... Have this place. Yeah. I put that in quotes. Must have this place. And it's some guy who's supposed to help him that he clearly bullies. Yeah. All, <laughs> yeah. That is. Yeah. He treats him like crap and then wonders why certain things happen that we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, Did it. Oh, feel when like- they. I think. Okay. This is. Okay. Well, we have the first dance break. Yeah. To uh, "Dindada" by George Kranz. Yeah, I don't know any. I don't know any of these songs. That song has been sampled a few times, mm-hmm. and if you listen to the song, that's all it is. I think I feel like that song was an accident. He was just scatting one day while warming up vocally, and someone recorded it. Because they bring that song back later too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a that it was a huge song when it came out. Oh, for real? Okay. Um, so when Randall, I think that's his name, the guy with the glasses who, um, what's his name? Bullies. City planner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he talks to the commissioner, the city commissioner and, um, she's like, well, if you tear it down, where will the kids go? Where they have that club Radiotron. I'm like community center, nightclub, basically same thing. <laughs> <laughs> So I was wondering at this point, what are they going to do to get this place shut down? Like, what? Are, what? because I was like, it's, there's got to be. You think there would be some, some shenanigans. Yeah, there's got to be because I didn't even, because when they said the reason, I was like, is that even true? Well, yeah, they said like it's structurally, structurally unsound and like they didn't provide any proof. None. They just said that it was. And I was like, that's got to be some shenanigans. Like, that's not true. But then this is what I also wrote. Graffiti means structurally unsound the building is going to collapse <laughs> <laughs> that screams um that screams bribe under the table mm-hmm. <laughs> that says hey here's a uh, $10,000 if you say that the building is structurally unsound and make some high number that they'll never be able to raise $200,000 perfect which i looked up it's a little over half a million dollars in today's money i think it's like 560 something thousand dollars so that's what they're trying to, you know, and they're like you said, they know there were no building inspectors that came out and said this, none whatsoever. Nope. Um, and then none, and then like, how how do we know for a fact that it's going to take two hundred thousand dollars? Like, is there some company on standby that's like surveys like, yeah, he's got the two pit, yeah, it's going to be about two thousand dollars <laughs> to fix it. Like, how do we know this? Like, n- these are the things that you could have been addressing in your movie. If you didn't have so many damn dance breaks, 
plot. These are things. look. They were writing this at like the day that the the first one came out. As they they're were watching it in the theater, one. they're writing it they're like... at the same time. Turn to Chris McDonald, and they, and they had to finish writing it by the end of the movie. They turn to Chris McDonald. So you want to be in the next one? No. Okay, we'll just change your character. Like, just... Yeah, Stanley. <laughs> Just some dude now. Yeah, just, just some, some guy who I'm surprised he has not fired her as a client because she's just like wilding out. But um, so around this time, I did feel like after that, I, when Ozone and Keller are sitting on the on the um, on the bench, I was just like, this dialogue just feels so forced right mm. now. And maybe that goes in the fact that they didn't really like each other. Yeah. But like it just felt I was just like, this is so cringe. Um. Yeah. Uh. So when he and and I think that scene they were talking about they, like I thought they had fixed it up, but now that's when I heard about the structurally unsound thing. Yeah. But that that came from the graffiti, um, <laughs> and then when they when they find out that they're going to get shut down, and they go to the office, the commissioner doesn't even have her own office. Maybe they're alone space. I don't know. But yeah, that is a little weird. <laughs> she she's like it's like she's sitting if you ever watch Mad Men, it's like she's sitting in the secretary pool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what she was. I didn't I realize that was the commissioner. Yeah. Like she's just sitting at a desk. Um so yeah, she you know what? And I feel like to, for them to save on time, that's probably in the same building that um what was his name? The uh the guy who wanted to turn the building into the shopping center. Oh, the um, the evil man. Yeah, with the with the big teeth, um, who came through in the clutch. I can't remember because he was from a construction company. Yeah, but what was the name of that of said construction company? It was like Douglas, the Douglas firm, or yeah, something Mr. like that. Yeah, Mr. Douglas. That was his name, Mr. Douglas. Nice man, Mr. Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like it was like his where wherever his office is. And where this city hall? Oh, they probably filmed the same. Probably the same. Just found another room. (laughs) Um. Uh. So then they they decide to have a car wash. Okay, so (laughs) let's let's talk about this here. Uh, Are these not the worst ideas to raise two hundred thousand dollars? I was like, this is a very short montage. They should sell drugs. Like, they probably get there faster. Like, of course you only raised seven. I don't even believe they raised $7,000. But then, when I like, if they had 30 days, right, how many days was this car wash? Like, how long did it take you to get to 7000 That's a lot of money to get at a car wash and hustling on the street with magic tricks. Like, that's a lot of money to get doing that. But is that one day? It can't be. They made now, was that it over was a the short course montage, of two weeks. So they made it seem like it was one day because it's a poorly shot montage where no one changes clothes. No, right. <laughs> so it looks like it's one day. And then they're like, oh, here's more cars. And they <sighs> and they threw down the, the sponges and stuff. Like, so How long did it take them to make 7000 Because if it took one day, we know that's impossible. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you couldn't. Have, it would it would probably take down to the last day to to get to 200,000 if you were saving every single dollar. Yeah, not even thinking about But how many how long did you have? How long did you have this car wash? Yeah. <laughs> we'll never know. 
Because um, they don't think about things like time, you know, perception of time and whoever was directing this. Like, no, just have we're the same thing. It'll we'll say it was like two weeks later. <laughs> I wrote down who Stanley, but we know who Stanley. He was the agent. Oh, but it was like some like I I didn't understand his character being there, but I think they just had to have a replacement for Christopher McDonald. So one of the scenes we we skipped because I wanted to address this. Okay, the club, the first scene in the club. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why yeah, is yeah, oh yeah. okay? First off, yeah, I was like, oh, he's back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ice T. Um, oh, he is credited as rapper. Yeah, or Radiotron rapper. So yeah. they they were more specific this time. Why <laughs> is Ozone wearing a Civil War hat? Like, what kind of style is like? It's a Civil War hat with what looks like a white raccoon tail on the back. Dude, he was just doing stuff. Man. And that's where he goes to to give the truce. I think that's where he meets the, like, I'm trying to remember, the chick that was making out with Strobe, is that the girl that keeps bullying Kelly later? Or is that a different girl? that was a different girl. Okay. Because that that happens in the the club, That's Rhonda. Okay. Who keeps bullying Kelly and is like, you don't belong here. And she had Lila Rashawn, who towered over everyone. One of the other girls. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. That's where you see her. But she, like, towers over everyone. <laughs> How tall is Lil Rashawn? She like five eleven? I don't know. Oh, okay. I just feel like every, everyone was short compared to her. Yeah, that was just funny. Like you don't belong here. Like, <laughs> this is, like, so like are y'all gonna beat her up or beat her up or oh don't? Like you didn't see you didn't see the last movie. <laughs> like she is down. She is here. Like she belongs probably more see, than you. But they did. They didn't put it in the movie. But they they. They didn't want to put it in the movie. I think they tried to imply it, but it didn't come off the way I think they wanted to. Mm-hmm. They didn't want this white girl taking away all the black and Latin men in the neighborhood. I mean, I assume so. I don't know. <laughs> but I just, it was like, this girl is clearly down. Like, they, they did very little to reference the fact that they did, a, like, a very successful, at least what I thought was a very successful show in the, the street jazz show. Like, that comes up not once. No, not at all. Never, like, hey, like, man, it sucks that you guys are, you know, living in another garage after putting on a successful show in L.A. Like, <laughs> you would think, like, people would be knocking on their doors to do more shows, and they wouldn't be having to, like, you know, slum it at Miracles. No offense. Like, <laughs> like I'm just thinking of, like, if this was supposed to be breaking, too, and we're bringing, you know. This is a thing that was weird, and it was never addressed, right? Electro Rock was in street jazz at the end. Mm-hmm. So you thought, you would think that TKO and Electro Rock, okay, they're cool now. Yeah. But Pop and Taco, who was in Electro Rock in the first one, mm-hmm. is now on Ozone's side. So Electro Rock just got a new leader? Did they kick him out? Don't know. <laughs> so many things. Because not that's answered. what the other crew is called. They're called Electro Rock. So it's, but Pop and Taco, who had no lines. <laughs> He had no lines this time after he was the chief rival in the first yeah. one. And, um, yeah, I thought they were cool, but maybe not. Or maybe they kicked him out or whatever. Yeah, no, this, yeah, a lot of, yeah, just the the fact that Kelly's the only person getting consistent work bothered me. Yeah. Because they were all in the show. And I was under the impression the show did well. Yeah, you saw the poster. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm just a little surprised that Turbo and Ozone are like, slumming while Kelly is still driving like they a got nice a, they got a new garage she's driving a nice ride that is a, it is initially implied that 
her work has been paying for. So I'm just saying, like, why are we doing our boys Ozone and, and Turbo like that? But yeah, the the the, the club scene was funny. Uh, it was way more intense than the first one. <laughs> the scene where um, Electro Rock and TKO are under the under the overpass. Okay, the scene where they they're all dancing yeah, and they get on top of the car. Battle. Yeah, I wrote. I can never tell who wins these things. The pause before Ozone throws down the spray can. Did you notice that? I I don't think I did. I can't remember what he said, but he he's he he has the can, and I don't know what he's going to do with it. And then there's this long pause, and then he just throws it on the ground. I didn't know what that was about. Uh, and then I noticed that um, who we know in here as Strobe calls him blood. Like, yeah, what does that mean? Is that where the, is that where the does the all the red does that add up now? That Maybe. ozone is actually a blood? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. They just but they're in red stuff, and black, and though, too, it. so I mean. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's red and black water yeah. by blood. But it was uh, like, in the first one, we noticed there was a lot of, they wore a lot of red. Mm-hmm. But now Electro Rock is wearing all the red. Yeah. Uh, but um, but as you said, with the weird break dance fighting, um, they're definitely about sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. Because while Electro Rock did their thing first, TKO sat patiently and waited <laughs> <laughs> until it was their turn. <laughs> can never t- I can never tell who wins these things. Never. Um, that that's what I wrote. Like, so who won? <laughs> yeah, they just look like they're all dancing real hard. Awkward close-ups. And the strobe's like Electro Rock, and then they all leave. And then it seems like. Ozone didn't know how to respond because it's like 15 seconds later. TKO. Like, you could have said that while he was still standing there. <laughs> Maybe he was supposed to, and that was the best take they got. Like, <laughs> um, what was the next? Okay. So when Mr. Douglas comes and says he's about that, he brought his, his surveying team to mm-hmm. check out everything. And Ozone comes up to him like, was he going to punch him? Look here, hot shot. <laughs> that's like, were you going to punch him for real? Like, I, I think like that's what the director told him. Okay, you're going to punch him. And he's like, he didn't really want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the best take they got. It, yeah. Look here, hot shot. Uh, that, that just made me laugh because more 80s lingo. Okay, so. Um, Doll scene. Before the doll scene, <laughs> well, they were talking about something, and then Turbo says, "Put on some Ollie and Jerry." I'm like, no one has said that before or since. What is yeah? What is Ollie and Jerry? They did the you know in the first one with the with the audition scene, mm-hmm. the where they just started dancing and there was no tape. Yeah, that was the that song is by Ollie and Jerry. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. And they they got some songs for this for the second one too. Well, the the title track, Electric Boogaloo. Is that's Ollie right? and Jerry. Okay. Yeah, no one has said that. No one has ever said put on some Ollie and Jerry. <laughs> um then Rhonda busts in <laughs> and she's mad that he's with Kelly. And that like, I still love you, Ozone. Like, why did still? that sound so weird? <laughs> that sounded so weird to me. Yeah. Was uh, she in the first movie? No. Okay, so how... <laughs> there I, was no mention of Rhonda okay. at all. So that's what I'm trying to make sure of, that, like, there's just the continuity is just all over the place. 
Like some random chick out of nowhere is just in love with him. And we kind of think that he's dating Kelly, but we're not sure. And then the doll scene happens and you and you see he's imagining it all all over the place, all over the place. Writing um, it as the other movie is playing. <laughs> I, I noticed this and this is I, I was watching way too closely. Mate, perhaps Turbo is wearing the same bandana as Electro Rock. Oh, for real? It, yeah. I, so this I was, I was, <laughs> I was wondering, like, is he going to betray Ozone at some point in this movie? <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um. Oh, when uh, this was when uh, Turbo is at that Hollywood Bowl looking place again and watching with, her, <laughs> watching Lucia dance. And um, when she's telling him to come on the stage, he but she, he's speaking saying. she's speaking Spanish, so he doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. How did the big dude behind you hear that? Yeah, he's like, "What did she say? She says she come on up. She might like you. Think she likes you. You heard all that? Now, how did you hear that? He barely heard it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you heard it. So the big man has supersonic hearing. Um." Still, only percussion instruments on the stage. <laughs> and they dance. They were dancing hard, boy. They danced um, hard up there. So the doll scene. That was weird as hell. Where did this doll come from? Weird as hell. Uh, Ozone was giving terrible advice. Yeah. <laughs> Your this eyes doll, are so round. Bro. <laughs> so Turbo doesn't know how to talk to girls, which is why I was like, they're that making makes, him so the seem first, like a kid. The first movie but, now makes sense. Yeah, why he was so awkward. Yeah, uh, the whole scene is just bizarre. But if you really think about it, too, with some of the things Ozone was saying, does he know how? <laughs> I don't know. He knows how to talk to humans. Uh, <laughs> the whole scene is bizarre. Yeah. Uh, very. <laughs> and the one, one thing I was thinking, like, while they're switching back and forth. So basically, if you haven't seen the movie, while Ozone is trying to show Turbo how to romance Lucia, uh, they have this big doll that they're dancing with. And the scene is intercut with Ozone dancing with Kelly and then Turbo dancing with Kelly and then Turbo dancing with Lucia, yeah. and then Ozo dancing with Lucia, and then somehow Ozone and Turbo are fighting over the doll. Because they think it's the girl they like. Right. Yeah, it's really weird. It's just... And while that was going on, <laughs> I can't remember what, what we were talking about exactly, but I remember, like, for some reason, you just said, Art House. <laughs> I was thinking, this is Art House. <laughs> it, it... it 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 at first I was like okay these are some interesting edits you know like it made sense but then it was overkill and next thing you know Turbo's kissing a doll and Ozone grabs it and he seems very upset like he actually just kissed Kelly it's like nah bro it's a doll it's a doll you're both you're both stupid it's, you see him yeah. dancing with Kelly he sees you dancing with Lucia and you both just need to sit down because this is weird. So after that, imagine with, the director um, giving like what I was going for in that scene. <laughs> Art house, Art house. It's about the struggle of man. <laughs> <laughs> I 
okay. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, okay. Just, just uh, all I think about we say art house. <laughs> <sighs> hey, it's supposed to be a deeper meaning. Um, there was a scene where, uh, okay, where Kelly's parents are talking about what Kelly's doing. Dad's trying to still trying to get her to go to Princeton. Uh, she's got the uh, audition for the Paris show, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I, I, I said it's gonna come down to. That's how these movies go. That's a trope. It's gonna come down to the Paris or the community center. That's just how this goes. Yeah. They're setting it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, during that scene, I thought the dad was gonna say, "I'm gonna take her out of the will." <laughs> I wrote here, even the mother sounds sick of the dad shit at this point. Like, she's just like, give it a rest. Like, she doesn't understand really what Kelly's doing. Yeah. But she tries to support, support it. it. Yeah. <laughs> she she does her best. Meanwhile, the father's just like, no. Mm-mm. Uh, then an awkward scene where um, uh, with Kelly and Ozone, we're talking and Kelly suggests going to her dad for the money. And... Ozone, he, he's too proud. Yeah. Um, that That's the one consistent thing about his character, <laughs> that he is too proud for handouts. Uh, but the, the scene ended awkwardly when, when she suggested, he's like, I don't want to use you, Kelly. And then she just says, it's okay. And the scene is over. <laughs> that's that beautiful writing. Yeah. It's over. Um, and then uh, another weird moment when uh, she sets up the dinner at her house with her parents Mm -hmm. and the mom meets Turbo and Ozone and they're, they're hamming it up. They hammed it up in this scene. Um, and then the, while they're talking, the doorbell rings. Yeah. Who is this guy that shows up? That is, uh, I think his name was Derek. Is that the guy her father's trying to set her up? Trying to set her up with. But the thing that was weird is that when the doorbell rang, Kelly said, oh, that must be dad. Yeah, why why would he ring his own doorbell? Why would he (laughs) ring his own doorbell? That didn't make any sense to me. Like, he forgot his key. Ding dong. Like, oh, dad's forgetting his key again. Like, that made no sense. (laughs) Oh, how's your law firm? Oh, people are always suing each other. <laughs> like, um, and they're they're dressing their streetwear, and I'm like, this didn't work in the first movie. That's as formal as they can get. <laughs> it didn't work in the first movie. Why would it work now? You don't learn, Ozone. You don't learn. Um, not so subtle racism from Kelly's dad. Which part? Because I felt like it was full of right the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then they storm out. Well, not they know they didn't they didn't storm out. The um, fake laugh was great. Every so I I love the whole fish out of water vibe of that in the dinner scene. It was it was the entire thing was great. The fake laugh, um, the these poor little deprived children, uh, line from the father, and then the coordinated turn as they left. <laughs> they throw it the, was, the rolls and y'all. It, 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 I cringed. Uh, I cringed. It was borderline minstrel show. It was hilarious. And, <laughs> and then me, with them asking, "Can we take the roll?" roll? Sure. <laughs> boom! <laughs> they throw it. Doom! Doom! And walk out. <laughs> and they turn like, "Ha ha!" <laughs> 
that just shows to me. I think they grew up watching the Three Stooges, knock, knock, knock. and they or, or or the Marx Brothers, and just wanted to have a little bit of physical comedy in there. And the, the director just let them do whatever they wanted. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah I cringed at that. So then we have the scene where Turbo dances on the ceiling. So I saw that scene before I even knew what either of these movies were. Just because I had a boss who was like, this is the greatest dance scene ever. <laughs> and he showed me this. I'm like, who is this skinny black dude dancing on the ceiling? Like, what the hell is going on here? So uh, <laughs> I'm sure they did the rotating set thing. Yeah, that's what I, I figured, yeah. Um, and while like he get he got a solo scene, you know, just like with the broom yeah. in the first one. Uh, and Shabadoo did not. Um, I wonder how feels about that. I feel like the the broom scene was a little bit better. Um, yeah, the this one went on too long. Yeah, because it's like y'all play the whole song. Mm-hmm. So that's like a three and a half, four minute song. Yeah, it felt. It, yeah, it went it went on too long. It was cool at first, and then you know the part where they um, go underneath the set and show from the glass and he's break dancing. That was cool, but yeah, it went on. Way and then longer than it Lucia should have. walks in as if there's nothing weird about what's going on. Yeah, because she was still on the ceiling when she came. And she's just in. watching, like, huh? Um, doesn't ask him how he did it. <laughs> doesn't say anything. They just start kissing and dancing. Yeah. Um. Then this the, the scene with um. With, uh, like that we started with when Ozone is at Radiotron. Yeah, the return of Rap Talker, mm-hmm. and this looked like the prequel to Body Count. Yeah, they had <laughs> guitars, crazy get-ups. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was Ozone's best acting when he made the choice for her about the Paris show. Yeah, when he when he talked to Strobe. Oh yeah, yeah. And then and then and then um, uh, telling her to, to you know go to Paris and everything. Because it seemed like he was the most relaxed. Mm-hmm. He was the most focused. And it, it sounded it sounded very natural. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I mean, he was clearly putting it up a front. But it seemed like he was actually acting mm-hmm. in that scene. Um, so, yeah. But that was lasted, what, 30 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> um, Kelly really doesn't belong there. She really doesn't. She tries. She she tries to belong, but she really does not belong. She gives it her best shot, though. Um. Again, with Rhonda and her, like, fight her or don't. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought they were gonna fight at that point, like, but I thought that Rhonda was just gonna fight her, and maybe Kelly wouldn't fight back. I can't remember this exact moment, but or maybe this is when Ozone was on the roof. And then he comes down at Miracles. Where he just starts randomly dancing on the roof and then yeah. jumps down and then repels with the rope. I was like, his best acting was ruined by him mugging for the camera again. Yep, he did that. <laughs> yep, mugging for the camera again. Looking real uncomfortable. Save our streets. <laughs> um, I also noticed this. I may have been watching too closely. The magician, mm-hmm. who's really a mime. Wore less makeup over the course of the movie. <laughs> you wore I less didn't pay attention makeup. to that, but that's funny. <laughs> you wore less and less makeup. Um, Maybe that was just the that was art house. Art, yeah, that's art like house. you know that's to symbolize the the fight that they're losing, man. 
<laughs> I didn't notice that, but that's that is wild. Um. So when he comes down, uh, and everyone starts showing up, they just happen to show up at the same yeah. time at Miracles, and then they all just march down to City Hall together <laughs> and just interrupt and, and interrupt the, the yeah. hearing. Like, did, did y'all were told when the hearing was going to be? Right? Okay, I think they were told that. Or that there would be a hearing. Yeah. I think and maybe they're on yeah. the last day or something like that. Or no, they actually had two weeks left. Yeah. But Mr. Douglas trying to start early. Evil man, they, evil rich they, man. Yeah, evil rich man trying to start it early. Um so they, that's when I wrote they just had that car wash that one time <laughs> where they made the seven thousand dollars. <laughs> There's no once. way, but no way they're it's like, yeah, they're so far off from two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> like it's laughable at this point. Like it's almost like, oh, we've still got time. Yeah, but you're gonna fail. This is one random note because just when I saw it, like when they had the other board members or committee members in mm-hmm. that scene, the director of street maintenance scared me. I don't think I remember him. He, he, I mean, he didn't have any lines. It, he was, the camera was on him for like five seconds. Like mm-hmm. that dude looks creepy. <laughs> I'll have to go back and watch. <laughs> um, Randall's all of a sudden offended by the word whacked. Mm. It's like this guy is whacked. Whacked? What? what? Yeah. You're offended by that? There are worse things they could call you. <laughs> I was just, I was just delighted to hear someone say that word. Like that was it was it felt it felt out of place. I was like, I didn't realize that slang was that old, but yeah. So we get to the scene that Rick referenced in the first in uh, in the previous episode uh, with them, where uh, basically the kids are trolling. Their what surveyors. was that man? Like, they're, they're, and then uh, Turbo takes off with the guy's lunch, and those guys. Ran a lot faster than I thought they would. Yeah, they, they kept up with fa- him. Yeah, they they kept it. It was pretty close. Uh, but he got to some stairs. He fell down the stairs, and that is the worst stunt double yeah. I have ever a seen. Horrible editing. You could easily tell they just found a black guy. Yeah, he looked <laughs> taller than him. Didn't have the same he hair. Was bigger than him. Yeah, just everything. Shorter hair. They might not even had on the same clothes. <laughs> it was the, it was probably like this is the eighties. This is in like four eighty p. Can't nobody tell. They're looking like looks good to me. <laughs> Next thing you know, thirty years later, like shit, man. Like you see, that's Bob, man. That's the, <laughs> you can tell that's Bob. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, yeah. So uh, so he. Has a concussion, goes to the hospital with apparently a broken leg, maybe a broken leg. Can't Might tell. have been a torn ACL. He has some a bloody head too, so he might yeah. have some head injury. Uh so Ozone goes to get Kelly. He goes to get Kelly. Um <laughs> uh, was that Stanley who was there or was that? That was yeah. the agent. I would have yeah, fired yeah, her right Stanley. then. It's like, you yeah. got a gig in Paris. Paris can wait. Like, Just no, it can't. Give me another ticket or something. So uh but when they get to the hospital, they're in different clothes. Mm, I didn't even notice. See, so then it, it may be like... All this continuity. Terrible continuity, because I was thinking this. I guess because they hadn't seen each other in a while. 
did they have sex first before they go went to the hospital? That'd be really <laughs> fucked up if they did. <laughs> That'd be so messed up. So did that that's what is that what can be implied here with hey, the don't change clothes? In a, he in a coma, baby. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't waking up. He's got Lucia there, baby. Don't worry. Like, so Ozone is a terrible fan. Speaking of Lucia, why was she in the closet? I don't know. Why was that she is in so, the closet? I thought it was a bathroom. That was a closet? That was a closet. That's so weird. <laughs> what was she doing there? That is so weird. What was she doing? Or like, what is that? That was when I really realized she speaks no English. Right. None. None. Turbo, por favor. Turbo. I feel like her lines were dubbed over, too. Like, that's not her real speaking Turbo, voice. Turbo, por favor. <laughs> like, um, I think I wrote here, they will dance anywhere. Oh, yeah. Anywhere. A freaking dance breakout in the hospital. With nurses, hot 80s nurses, patients that could barely walk, breakdancing, um, and the and the normally uptight nurse gets into it also. She's like, well, dancing. And by the end of it, she's like, oh, I can dance too. Like it was, it felt like, um, it felt like it belonged in disorderlies. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Um, in this scene, Turbo is doing too much. Yeah. Well, okay, so he's out, and then yeah. they're like, "What do they do? They um, does she kiss him?" And he wakes up all of a sudden. Yeah. Like what? And then. And then he start when they um. Then Ozo and I'm Kelly hungry. put on the doctor's uh lab coats, and they have stethoscopes all of a sudden. Like where? What where, is that? Yeah. How what they, the hell was they that? Where they get this from? What was that? Y'all should y'all. Why are these extra out? lab coats and stethoscopes in this room? Y'all would have been kicked out. <laughs> And then a patient just died. Better dance. <laughs> like, what was that? Like, we just lost a patient. And then the dude just all of a sudden starts, like, shaking. Like, uh, like. <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, then the patient just miraculously came back. The power of dance. Um, That's the electric boogaloo right there. I put now Turbo has a concussion. Well, he got another one. After they he, hit that one we fell down the stairs. And then the one at the end of that scene. Yeah. Why are you pretending to? I don't know what's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, what was yeah. he spitting out? Did like was there blood and stuff on what he got hit with? He's like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. That yeah, that's got weird. That got weird. Um, so then after that scene, Kelly and uh, Ozone are eating pizza in different clothes again. They did. Like, so I wrote after sex pizza. <laughs> and this is at I'm assuming this is at Kelly's apartment this is Kelly's apartment which they don't because then her dad shows up yeah which I did not think she had until this time because you just I thought she still lived on the parents dime well remember like where she got the fruit basket mm-hmm. that was her apartment oh uh, yeah I forgot about that yeah um, breaking one I can't remember what Kelly's dad said, but I just wrote, he's just racist. Basically, he was just like, he questioned why she was still hanging out with them. Because I don't think at that point, oh, yeah, he got mad because she gave up Paris to go these street people. Yeah. And um, was like, hey, I'll just give you the money if you, I'll give them the money if you go to if Paris. you go to Princeton. Princeton, yeah, to Princeton. And I just wrote, he goes, I don't need your money. And I write, yes, you do need his money. <laughs> 
you lost. You lost. They ruled early. As a matter of fact, yeah, because they ruled early to just say, screw it. We're going to just do it. You lost, buddy. You need his money. You should have just taken the money. Let her go to Princeton. She'd probably be better off anyway. She, has, <laughs> she, she ain't got no future. Just take the money and run. You want her to stay, but, like, do you love her? Yeah. Are you in love with her? Is it just – or you say she's just a friend. Like, I don't get it. Like, I, What is your relationship? Yeah. Never established. Nah. nah. Um, the overdub of Lucia's voice is awful. Turbo, That's por favor. It was stuff, um, that was the funniest. Because it, it made it sound like, well, she barely knows Spanish. Yeah. That's how bad it was. <laughs> um, this hospital has no doctors. Or security. It's just nurses. Yeah. <laughs> no one to stop them from just, you know, leaving. All of a sudden, you can just. Like, you, you could just leave, and but you have to sign a, an AMA form, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's against medical advice. Which they just, you, I mean, literally, she just walked him out full cast, everything. Yeah. Just, and no one's like, hey, sir, sir. And then when she, she has him in the laundry thing and. The nurse is like, "Does anybody in this place speak English?" And then he pops up and does the Woody Woodpecker laugh. For what? (laughs) For what? Just let the door close and leave. Yeah. What? He's like, "Oh, I got you." Like, what are we doing? (laughs) That made no sense. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Okay. Like at the hearing. They thought they had two more weeks, but the construction crew just shows, shows up. up. Yeah, they just show up because um, they basically ruled to do it early. Yeah, because they're like, you don't have it. You're just you're not gonna get it. They just they somehow Mr. Douglas got him to say it was over. Uh, <clears throat> I thought there was gonna be a moment like, um, I don't know if you ever seen the picture of the guy, it, it, like the Tiananmen Square. Thing. It felt like that was happening. I thought that was going to happen, but they all moved because they saw murder in Mr. Douglas's eyes. Yeah, like Mr. Like he, Mo- I wrote, he is willing to commit murder yeah, to, <laughs> to get this thing done. He's willing to. He kill had a, a kid in cast in a cast throwing pizza at him. He was like, "Run him over." The guy's like, "No, I ain't coming to. I ain't coming to kill kids." I want to be like, "Yes, you did." <laughs> But I, the, dude, the dude who said, like, oh, I'm not going to do that. You just tried to do that five yeah. seconds ago. Yeah, you just tried it. <laughs> this is your, this is, I mean, like, I, he's got nowhere to go. I can't, I, I can't run him over. We're out of here, guys. <laughs> um, Yeah, yeah. Mr. Douglas was willing to kill children. Uh, How about old girl Rhonda? Um, once again, why are you here? And she hits the pieces out of her hand. What, what is this? All for ozone. You wasted five what good pieces is this? for ozone. Ozone doesn't like you, clearly. No. no. And he it's, is it's done with really you. Sad. If there was a relationship, it's over. Yeah. That was what just. What is going on? Like, she just kept staying on her. <laughs> like, I'm going to be in your nightmares. Like, <laughs> I'm tired of these white bitches. I, I, I was <laughs> waiting for th- one of those kind of lines. Tired of these white women. Trying to come down here and save the hood. We can save our own hood. (laughs) That's what it felt like. Oh, like I fully expected them to tear up that chest. (laughs) We don't need it. I don't take handouts. So the uh, 
The newscaster's name is Howard Howard. Power of the media. Yeah, that was funny. He looked. Um, okay, I understand if y'all got wind of this story, you go down there to do a live shot, try to get some 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 sound bites or whatever. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't Howard Howard have a microphone? He's just standing there. And there's a camera guy. <laughs> they had this field mic, you know, like he should have a microphone to like. And now we're going to talk to this person. Too much budget. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it was a plastic mic, even if it was something somebody put, like a stick, just something (laughs) to signify a microphone. This is is just as weird as Lala and You Got Served, in which there's no difference between (laughs) what we're seeing in the film and her being on MTV. There was no difference. (laughs) Um, So... uh, Douglas changes his mind, and it was great that uh, Byron or Champ manipulated him yeah. into getting money. He he, but he lowballed himself though. Yeah, they got ten thousand. No, you get him to pay the whole, whole thing. thing. Get him to pay the whole thing. He's got it. You know he got it. Yeah, <laughs> but he ten thousand. Because at first I was like. Not understanding maybe like because the continuity's all screwed up. I was like maybe ten thousand is what they need. No, they need way they more than 10,000. They still need 150. Yeah, they still need a lot of money. They weren't even close. Get him to pay the whole thing or get him to pay 100. Because what they felt is like, I guess what the movie fails to really make you appreciate is, yeah, even if this man on TV just agreed to not go forward with it, you they've still started something that can't be stopped. We've got to get this place up to code or they're going to shut it down. Right. So it's like, okay, well, you know, cri- that crisis is averted, but- we still need $200,000 to fix this bitch up. Like, <laughs> what are we going to do? Otherwise, it's going to shut down, and he's going to be able to come in there and, and get it anyway. But then I also thought because they said that um, we're not going to – when the building guy said, the city planner says, like, oh, no, we're here for the community, for the kids, I was like, then they don't have to pay the two hundred grand anymore? Oh, no, they still got to pay that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because so- <laughs> it's probably baloney anyway. It's probably not even real. Get him to pay the whole thing he, or, they don't, or a huge chunk. They, well, I don't even think it was real. The $200,000 was made up. <laughs> like, it's still, it's just some arbitrary number that he's like, they'll never be able to raise that. No no one came out there like, what, now do the, do the the does the contractor come out there? It's like, oh, we're going to fix this place up. Like, it, it, too, yeah. much, too much plot, I guess. Um, and then right before then, or, or like during that same part where he agrees to give $10,000, uh, someone walked in front of the camera. Like, someone just walked in Howard Howard's shot. Like a rando? <laughs> just somebody just walked in the shot. Um, he said you danced your way to victory. I was like, what the? <laughs> it's like, oh, it looks like you danced your way to victory. It's like, well, not quite. We're not quite there yet. So they, they, they were planning, and during this whole time, we haven't mentioned a whole lot, but they were planning to put on a big fundraiser event to save the community center, okay? Um, who was the host? Who was that guy? I don't know. I have no idea who that guy was. First of all, that was Eric Dickerson, but... I was the first like, time we ever see him. Yeah. I thought he was a an MTV VJ that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some random-looking guy <laughs> who may have been... Or he might have been a local radio host. I don't know. But he hosts the fundraiser. Um, and... I I also what kind of injury did Turbo actually have? 
because his leg when he fell off. down the stairs, people, his legs in a cast. Yeah, and they just cut the cast off. And he was like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> like, and now he's dancing again. Yeah, it was just like uh, Marcus Houston, and you got served. <laughs> Like I he thought healed, he had a torn ACL, he and now he's just a matter of days, buddy. <laughs> With Turbo, it's a matter of hours. hours yeah, <laughs> because he's Turbo. Maybe that's he heals like Turbo. Um. So, uh, when they start the when the fundraising event starts, the Miracles mm-hmm. dancers they come out, they do they do their thing. Uh, then Electro Rock shows up. Um, how did they know the choreography? The same way they knew the choreography and you got served. They just know it. They just they just they just, just movie magic, man. They just knew the choreography. Um somehow. Somehow. So and then <laughs> Kelly's parents are watching the fundraiser event on TV. Which is weird that it's getting that type that they're just yeah. showing like a live cast of it on the news. Forget everything else. <laughs> slow news day in LA. <laughs> <laughs> very, very slow. <laughs> Uh, and then um, they just show up there, and while the miracles that like, and then uh, uh, Ice T gave him some more bars. That was uh, hilarious. <laughs> um, and then they had the because they the, called him Ice T at that point too. They yeah, introduced him they as called him Ice T, and I had to look it up. I was like, his first single was in 1983, so he would have been somewhat known. He was kind of known time. when when the first one came out. Yeah, kind of known, but they didn't want to. I guess they didn't want to call him Ice T yet. That's yeah. why his credit is Rap Talker. They rap was still a new thing. <laughs> it was still a new thing at the time. Clearly, as you can tell, because his his so, early rhymes. <laughs> he gave some bars. Uh, then some uh, some other dancers came out, and then they had like some kid. I guess they called him Lil Lee, and he was doing the Michael Jackson mm-hmm. choreography from Thriller. And I was just thinking, Alfonso Ribeiro had to be so jealous. <laughs> At the time, me so jealous because if y'all, if you you know Alfonso Ribeiro, Carlton from the Fresh Prince, if you don't know who we're talking about, in the eighties he was a child actor, but he would he could do any Michael Jackson choreography, all the choreography he could get, mm-hmm. and then he also there's a commercial which he he actually like parodied like thirty five years later. He sold uh, for for kids to learn how to break dance. Mm-hmm. He had this whole like kit. It was uh, a cardboard thing you could lay out, and that that would be your dancing square, basically. He had a um, uh, he had a book where it show you how to do certain moves, and then it had some rap lyrics if you wanted to learn how to rap, and then it had a tape. That you could that for with music, what? That okay. it, so it, this is a lot of stuff. Yeah, for twenty bucks, that's <laughs> a bargain. <laughs> and um, yeah, you could learn. Yeah, you learn how to break dance. You learn how to rap, and and then you could take your board out, you know, on the street, and you know, busk, <laughs> busk, for busk. <laughs> busk for money, busk for money. with your street dancing. He's busking rappers. <laughs> But like it was a kid dressed as Michael Jackson from the Thriller video, and that that during the eighties, I feel like that there were two there were two Alfonso Riveros. It was him impersonating Michael Jackson, and then Carlton. 
Um, so, uh, father so, shows up. Yeah. yeah. So Kelly's parents show up. The miracles dancers are in the middle of their routine stops. and Kelly just stops dad, in the middle here? of the uh, middle of the performance to talk to her dad as like some things never change. Yeah. <laughs> How liquid is her father? I, I, he just wrote a check for fifty thousand and was prepared to pay the entire amount prior to that. What what does her dad do? Yeah. What what does Kelly's dad where he could have just living? potentially just come up with two hundred grand if she went to Princeton and still pay for her to go to Princeton? <laughs> what does he do? He filthy rich. Does he? Uh, did he? In this fictional world, does he own the Lakers or something? Maybe <laughs> he's supposed to be a stand-in for Doctor Bus. <laughs> like he just has money, money. Like wrote a fifty thousand dollar check like it wasn't nothing, and it's probably thinking like, oh, if these idiots will listen to me, I could have given them more. <laughs> but just like fifty thousand dollars, us walking around money, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, so they raised the money to save the community center. Ozone should have refused it. He should have just like <laughs> uh, that would have been on character. See, to, to see that that's what that's why it was just Kelly going up to her dad. It wasn't Ozone because Ozone would have turned it away. So do you think he knew? Because he took the chill, was like yeah, and then later like hey, that came from Kelly's father. No, <laughs> no. He just goes and get, rips it up like give us less money. We don't take we don't take handouts. Well, you got some handouts right here. No. <laughs> We want less money. Don't pay for that whole thing. Here's twenty dollars. That's better. <laughs> no handouts. No zone. That's no no, hand, no zone handouts. No zone handouts. He don't take nothing. <laughs> the man could be in the streets dying. You want to see PR? Handouts. <laughs> like nothing. Like that's the only thing. That's the only thing that's been consistent. That and dancing. He is too proud. He dances and he doesn't take handouts. (laughs) Oh man! Um, So that brings us to the end of the film. Uh, I I can't. I don't know who this. What's her name? Carol Lynn Towns. Um, she sings the song "Believe in the Beat." Yeah, and it sounds like a ripoff of Flashdance. That's what I got from it. Yeah. I was like, this is either a song, is either you're either ripping off Irene Cara, or this was a song that she rejected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like Irene Cara, Giorgio Moroder, <laughs> and Keith Forsey <laughs> wrote this song. <laughs> I thought I was the only person that thought that, but yeah, that's the And did I did wonder, like, are we all supposed to know who this lady is singing it? I also <laughs> wondered that as well. Um,. Maybe this was her. She thought this would be her big break. Yeah. Um, Cause like, oh yeah, I'm in that. I'm in that break into electric boogaloo. I'm closing out the girl. I'm singing the last song in the movie. Like, oh my friends gonna be coming, and then they got they're like, like girl, this movie's kind of bad. Like, <laughs> um, let's see. She she did a song for the first movie called Ninety Nine and a Half. I'm not sure which song that is. Um. The song that she sang in the second one, "Believe in the Beat," which is at the end of the film, yeah, uh, she it was reached number fifty six in the UK and number sixty five in Australia. Okay, so 
it was kind of a hit. Mm-hmm. Not in America though, but either way, that's fine. Um, but I, I think it was supposed to. Yeah, it was supposed to be a big break. Um, anything else you want to add about the film? Nah, it was it was what it was. It was <laughs> it was exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Um. So yeah, it's been an inside joke for many years. Uh, uh with the unnecessary sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was rushed. Uh, but I guess it. I think this was also a time like like rap was still a new thing at the time. But I think a lot of people saw it as a fad. Mm. So let's capitalize on this fad, Quickly. yeah, as fast as we can, and uh, that's why I mean, breaking and breaking two came out within seven months of each other. Very fast. Yeah. <laughs> that's cr- nobody will mm-hmm. ever do that again. No. Um. So yeah, uh, it made. Uh, fifteen million at the box office. I have no idea what the budget was. Um, yeah, I'm sure we can grab it from Wikipedia. No, it well it says that the box office was fifteen million. Oh, but there's no, there's no. It doesn't say what the budget was. What? Probably yeah. a budget of a um, two hundred thousand dollars. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one was like a million, right? Uh, I don't recall. Let me see. Let's see if they say what the budget. Yeah, the budget for the first one was one point two million, and it made thirty eight point seven. Wow, I didn't realize it made that much. No wonder they greenlit a sequel immediately. <laughs> As I said, they had they had to finish writing the sequel. It was like a thirty seven million dollar profit right there. They had to finish writing the sequel by the end of the. <laughs> Um, mm. it performed better than uh, the movie Supergirl so that's <laughs> good uh, oh here we go let's see if they have a budget here on the numbers.com No, it doesn't say. It just says that it made fifteen million. The budget is unknown. <laughs> That's that Hollywood magic, Hollywood accounting. <clears throat> Had to make sure nobody ever knew. <laughs> so um, that will do it for our discussion on Breaking Two. Electric um, Boogaloo. Uh, electric Boogaloo. Um, and coming soon, rapping, aka Breakdance Three, Electric. Boogalee. Um <laughs> we'll get to my earworm of the week. I told Ben before we started recording that it would be a little weird if he had never heard this song, but it was a song I had never heard before. I think it'll be right up his alley. The, the artist might be okay. right up your alley. Um you know, we 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 I I didn't I didn't look for this guy, but I think we should we should continue to celebrate on this podcast when we ever refine black rock artists. Mm, okay. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And this was a hit song back in nineteen eighty nine, a band called Roachford. 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 I don't think I've heard of them before. All right, then you probably have not heard maybe not have heard this song. Uh British artist. He's black. Like the whole band is black. Mm-hmm. Like, but um, 
And I think the part of this, the reason that like he made the songs he did was to kind of stick it to the British media because mm, okay. they can be harsh and racist, <laughs> <laughs> but they felt that black people can't make rock music. And this is a song that he, he had written like a few years before and always put it in his shows, but he never recorded it, but it becomes a hit song when it comes out. So this has been called Roachford and cause that's the, the lead singer. That's his last name. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the song is called cuddly toy. <laughs> I like that. So we're going to play that and we'll be right back. That is Cuddly Toy by Roachford. Back when you had to have a solo. <laughs> there was not a question of if. Somebody it was just where. Yeah. yeah, where were you going to put it? <laughs> I love that bass line, though. Oof. Yeah, so um, that came up on my Discover Weekly on Spotify. <laughs> Every now and then you get some old goals, man. I'm like, I, I never... I never heard of this. I never heard yeah. this before. Every now and then you get, especially like let from lesser known artists and things like that. I love it when they do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was a hit in the UK, and it was it went to number twenty five in America. Hmm. So I I never heard it before, um, but I that was from their debut album, I think, and it was a song that they always played at the end of their sets, mm-hmm. and then the record company asked them about it. And wanted them to record it because they never intended to record this song. Okay. And um, they're like, but you can't call it Cuddly Toy. It's like, well, if we can't call it that, we don't want to record it. 
<laughs> They're like, okay, you can record it. It's not going to be a hit anyway. And then they were wrong. Oh, damn. <laughs> so, then why did they want them to record? I don't know. Where <laughs> companies are weird. Yeah. So um, uh, you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now. Uh, this will bring us to the end of the episode, finally. <laughs> Uh, this is this is definitely one of our longest. Did not intend that, but hey, that, it happened. We had to tell these whole about Drake. Yeah. So yeah, take that for what you want. Um, take that for data. Let me take, see. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out <to> David Fisdale. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, what should we end the show with? Should it be the the Irene Cara ripoff? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Give me a second to pull that up. So, um, while I pull that up, talks amongst yourselves. Ten points for anyone who knows was what, it, which did, that came was, from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, was the um, was the movie as bad as as people made it out to be? Um, it was. I mean, it was pretty bad, especially compared to the first one. Um, but I, I don't know if I've seen worse. I mean, I've seen worse, but I mean, like Manos, the hands of fate (laughs) wasn't, I don't think that was meant to be good, you know? So, um, for having a movie where you're supposed to have competent people working on it, you could tell it was a rush and there were just a lot of, there are a lot of issues. Writing was their biggest issue. Like there's even, I knew there were a lot of things in terms of like plot points that were missing. Um, but, you know, just discussing it, more plot points missing, huge continuity errors. Like it's like, it's, you know, this is a movie that professionals are supposed to be working on. Like what the hell is going on here? So, and so, um, we'll end the show here. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. (laughs) Go watch breaking, breaking two. It's on YouTube for free. And it's, if you have a prime subscription, it's on there as well. Yeah. So it uh, should be easy to find and hopefully you enjoyed this episode and we'll uh, talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace.